Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who, who who do I have with me here? That's uh, Devin here, Paranoid Coder. What's up, man? How's oh, it doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Who do we uh, who do we have in here? Hey, uh, it's Modern Vintage Gamer MVG. I'm back after uh, a month, uh, you know, in the uh, in the weeds there, but uh, it's good to be back, and uh, we got so much stuff to talk about today. For sure, for sure. Good to have you back, man. Some, uh, discussion. I can tell you were excited, like you joined yourself for, like during the show and after and everything. But even I think before we even did the first show, you were just like, oh yeah, I could totally do this again. Like not next month, but the month after. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. It wasn't even rude though. It was like you were like inviting yourself on, on a, in a really polite way. And I was like, this dude's really excited. I'm happy to see this. Well <laughs> yeah, done. It's good, it's good. I mean, I think uh, having the, the discussion last time was awesome. And you know, we're not, you know, having three people uh, doing a podcast, it's interesting because not a discussion. That's what maybe, I should call it. I'm just kind of smiling <laughs> because like maybe when we talk about SX stuff, I'll be all like, I actually like OS and like SX and people should have their switches bricked if they mess with it. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> going to get interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to have you back, man. I, honestly, mm, yeah, that's going to get interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to have you back, man. I, honestly, the last time you were on, it was one of my favorite episodes. And I think that, you know, we're going to have a really good episode following up with that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It looks like right now I'm looking in chat. Some people are saying the video might be lagging a little bit. I'm hoping that it will resolve itself. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll come out better on the recording. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. As to the chat for stream lag. Oh, God. I mean, what we can do is we can run through this for a few minutes and see what's going on. Yeah. Got some Fs. Got some Fs, indeed. Oh, man. Yeah. I what mean, my that? upload seems to be constant on here, and everything seems to be okay on that. So, MVG, does everything look good on your end? Yeah, it's uh, it's coming loud and clear through here, guys. No issues at all. Interesting. Yeah, no, because I'm getting a constant upload on my end. So maybe it's just like my feed going to Google, um, Google Hangouts. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Should we just roll with it and see how it goes? Uh, let's, let's just roll with it and see. All right. Well. <laughs> First things first, um, is probably one of the more important topics, I guess. Yes. For people to hear about. So yes. hopefully it comes through. But, Let's hope it comes through. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna at least put in chat say we're gonna wait this out. Do you wanna you wanna go ahead and take this one? Sure. So it looks like you know, we finally have some new switches in the wild where the uh fuse jelly exploit and all that is actually patched. Um so one of our favorite people to talk about recently, Cyrus M. Uh, went to Twitter and uh, kind of talked about this. So the tweet here uh, actually says, bad news, reports of new switches in the wild not being vulnerable to Fuse Jelly, probably a VU. Um, so it says, really reminded if you want to hack switch, don't update. The lower is better. This is still very true. So Deja Vu is more, um, you know, software oriented. It's not, you know, the cold boot exploit that we are used to. So, uh, you know, there may be something in the future that develops with that. It sounds like something is on the way, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be nearly as easy. We're not going to be able to use the SX, uh, dongle or the, at uh, least not right now. Right. Yeah. yeah who knows? So um, my question here is, is this the Marico revision that, you know, we've been hearing about the, the new SOC revision that's coming out or is it not? Because it, to me, it seems like there's not, I wouldn't say confusion, but there's, it's a little unclear as whether Nintendo has actually brought out the new SOC for this, or they've just somehow managed to find a way to patch very, very well the existing, you know, uh, architecture of the, of the current kind of motherboard revision. Do you guys know about that? 
Uh, from what I understand, they are eye patches. Um, mm. So it's been patched just enough to prevent fused jelly. Gotcha. Um, but it is not Mariko. Mariko is supposed to be for 5.0.0 and beyond. And these ones are shipping with 4.1. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So I, I believe that it would still technically be able to get into, and I don't quote me on this, I don't know for sure, but from what I understand, it'd still probably be able to get into the recovery mode, but you wouldn't be able to exploit it from there and be able to launch fused jelly and be able to then deploy payloads. Um, so I believe the eye patches solve that second step there or yeah, the, the updated eye patches mm -hmm. in, in short, we just don't have the same, um, boot ROM access that we did before. Right. right. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'm almost thinking of this as something like, I don't know how Hinkaku was tethered versus Hinkaku Enzo, where we have like full kernel and such on there. Yeah, and Sagarism, you know, like you mentioned, Deja Vu is an exploit that he's talked a little bit about. I don't know a ton. I don't know if either of you know too much about it. Yeah. But I, it sounds like something maybe coming down the pipeline uh, down, you know, further. It probably won't be nearly as easy to get to as the kind of exploits that we have right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, something that may develop. So like you said, lower the better. Stay low on your firmwares if you want to actually, um, if you want to get... Uh, take advantage of that but i don't even know how many are in the wild yet um so yeah. i don't think everyone on the shelf right now is not exploitable i think most of them still are yeah and that's that's point. the interesting thing i mean it, it sounds like to me none of the i guess relevant people in the scene have their hands on this yet or maybe a couple of them do so it sounds like change a uh hackable console for a patched one so they can get it in their hands um and be able to look at this and be able to see what they can do I assume with you know their uh, their hardware that they've been selling the SX, so um, they don't even have one, and that's pretty an interesting offer to be honest. It's kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> I think uh, according to some things I've seen on Twitter, I believe these are first shipping in Japan. Correct. Yeah, I did hear that. I didn't. Oh, wanna, so you all can verify. Awesome. I, I didn't. I don't didn't want to quote that because I couldn't remember where I had heard that, but I definitely did. So if yes, we're all in agreement on that, then. Um. It is kind of interesting that uh, Team Executor is like kind of calling these uh, HAC-X-S or dash JXE-C3 models. Yes, and the serial IDs they say here start with a XAJ7004, a little bit of a mouthful. Right. But that, that's how you all can check if you all like uh, like find a, well, everything's behind glass. I was thinking if you go like a Walmart or Best Buy or something. But still, yeah. if you check those out, you know, if you're able to see the serial number, you can check for that. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of, I'm curious as to where they got that information. I guess they could have talked to someone online and just, uh, yeah. you know, they could have reported that it didn't work. They got their model information. You know, not everyone's going to be willing to just send them their switch. Mm -hmm. So well, there's also this video right here. I'm not going to play, but like saying S code does not work on my laser vision of the switch. And I'm sure this guy goes through proving enough, like, Hey, this is what you should be looking for. But then you have plenty of people like they've been out in the wild just long enough where people have been able to verify. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, once this really gets more revisions come out and, you know, they're in a situation where, you know, they're, they're pretty much locked down. You know, I, I think I think that's the goal here. I, I think it's a matter of time before they do exploit this revision, but it definitely is going to take some work for sure. Yeah, and and, and we know, you know, from uh, people such as Cyrazim that there are going to be exploits available that will work on everything. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, like running into certain things like this, like it's mainly just we no longer if you go and get a brand new created switch, um, then we're no longer going to have the option to 
uh, use that boot ROM exploit. Right. Yep. And this is, uh, from what I understand, this is a more uh, simple fix right now while they're waiting for that, like you said, um, believe. I, I, from what I understand, I think you can still get into the recovery mode at the yep. hardware level, but you just can't exploit it at that point. Um, so it's very possible if we can already, if we can still get to the recovery mode, maybe we have another attack vector that we can use. Possibly. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see until uh, more people get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm just looking at the chat. Uh, someone said, I screenshot MVG with lag face. He looks surprised. <laughs> send me that, <laughs> send me Twitter. that, send me that yeah. gif later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it seems like right now, it seems like people are saying it's buffering. It was okay for a bit and it's buffering again now. Um, I'm hoping the after playback stream will be just fine. Again, yeah. though, I, as I've been saying in the chat, this isn't really my fault. I have constant fine upload right now. This seems to be more with Hangouts, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. But yeah. on our end, it looks good. I mean, every MVG is coming in clear on our end and it yes. sounds like the other way around is good. So hopefully the recording will sound and look just as good as we're experiencing it now. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. All right. Anyways, do you guys have any more to say on the whole uh, new hardware topic? I no. don't. Just keep make make sure you keep your old hardware safe. Yeah, and buy if you want to get an exploitable switch, get one now because who knows what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that if you're listening to it, you know, at the time of this recording, or you know, even days after, you should be in the clear. You should if you go and buy a new one off the shelf. Uh, maybe not if you're in Japan, but. <laughs> at least most of the general audience that is going to be listening to us, I think you're going to be okay getting a exploitable console. Mm-hmm. Same. For sure. For sure. All right. So we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but uh, you guys have not utilized, well, you all haven't had to use the battery fix, right? Right. No. Right. All right. So this is still for the switch here. So I'll go ahead and link this at least or show it here from GBA Temp. Uh, but they started off, uh, it looks like Crystal Seed on GBA Temp had done this, and they said, here's a quick and easy fix for turning off at 40% battery issue that people are seeing after running Linux. It's effectively the same fix as unplugging the battery, but does so without having to take apart the switch. So essentially, you end up ru- like downloading this RAR file down here. Uh, you load the binary using any type of tool that you're going to use to drop in a payload. Uh, and then after that, you should be good, and it ends up resyncing your battery, I guess. Uh, I think probably down here in the thread, it details it a lot more, but it's to the point where you don't even need a specific payload now. I know, for example, like Hecate, it's been updated to support this, has that feature built into the payload and the firmware. Gotcha, so it's one of the options when you boot into it. Yep. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. So I know because yeah, I did I remember when this came out, there was a little bit of like speculation, like hmm, this thing isn't open source. Why are we flashing a battery fix? Why exactly. does this work? How does it work? I kind of got this, but when people would say um, on Android that you could run this app to delete this one file and it will recalibrate your battery. Oh, yeah. Well, that was even built into recovery modes, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I can see the correlation there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, MVG, if you've ever heard about that or not. Not really. I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta really start digging into the 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 battery stuff and the Linux stuff. Um, it, it's definitely something that I'm interested in looking at for sure. But um, I'm kind of just waiting for the dust to settle a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think with more 
I'd like to see how this is resolved like later on so we don't even need this payload for Linux. But I know at least with the uh, the Android thing, what I was thinking of was more, um, again, like people would swear that, yeah, you charge your battery up to 100% and then delete this file and it will recalibrate it. Yep. Um, but what ended up happening, I remember, was one Google engineer who worked on this clarified it. And there's like, yeah, that's completely useless. That's not going to do anything. Uh, that file ends up getting reset or deleted literally every time you charge up your phone. Like mm -hmm. there's, there, there's no, this is just, this is all placebo right here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was like, does this really do something? But yeah, no, it apparently helps and fixes it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just to be clear, this is like a result of running Linux uh, on your switch. Mm -hmm. um, and like she was saying, I don't think any of us have actually done that yet. It's something I want to do personally. Um, for a long time, Linux has been my primary operating system at home. And so as soon as I saw the videos of the Switch running on this, um, I was pretty excited. And it looked like it was already running really smooth. Um, I'm with you, though. I was kind of waiting for the dust to settle, kind of waiting for everything to get working better. And if it was working that good back then, then I think it's going to be a really cool, uh, cool thing to use. Absolutely. For sure. Especially if you're interested in maybe turning it into some kind of a media center, like that would be a neat little thing on top of just the plethora of software available for Linux. I just got a smiley. We'll go from. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you can run Yuzu on it, right? You can you can run a Switch emulator on your Switch. So ooh, yeah. No, we we had talked about that a few episodes ago, where you could take your Switch and run Linux, and then run Yuzu the Switch emulator in Linux on your Switch. I'm sure if you had enough power, you could probably keep doing that over and over again. But oh yeah. What if you started with a really nice PC and then started it from that? Well, I guess no. I guess you couldn't go any layers deeper because you're using the Fuse Jelly exploit. Yeah. I doubt Yuzu uh, supports that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it would be really neat. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot at some point here. I think it has a lot of potential, especially if we can get into like really easy dual booting capabilities. So we could have, you know, if we get to a point where we can easily load up multiple payloads, um, I'll definitely have that, you know, on the fly there. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, if you guys have experienced that, if you're having battery issues, I definitely recommend taking it a look. Uh, I'm sure we'll have the link posted. Um, after the show. Yeah, sure. Yeah. After the show. Yeah. Uh, in the show notes. So definitely check that out if you're affected by it. Yeah. I know one person in the chat was asking about switch bands, and uh, that's actually the next thing we're going to talk about. But uh, MVG, you want to lead off with this topic? Yeah. So I mean, I think there's been some information found about you know what what can think five or six possible issues and you know one of them is caused by having you know errors in your in your error log if it's if it's to homebrew for example like libnx or transistor or something like that um if you kind of mess around with your profile icon and kind of do naughty things there you know <laughs> downloading yeah, and we'll, I, think, I think we've seen some screenshots of you know some inappropriate icons that people have used and I mean, what are you expecting there, right? You're going to get, right. get flagged for that. Also, you know, downloading titles through the uh, through kind of third-party eShops and things like that, but also trying to just take take a switch online, which is obviously something you should never do. I mean, just kind of normal stuff that you should never really do, you know, ever since the beginning of time, don't do these things on any console in the past. Otherwise, you're going to get flagged and you're going to get banned. So I think it's cool that they've come up with, you know, a, a short list of things. I don't know if this covers everything, but I, I think these are the it's kind of the main five or, or so that, that are causing people to get banned at this time. Yeah, and the first one I think is the one that 
really bums me out and I don't, I'm not surprised at it at all, but um, you know, just if you, ha you if homebrew crashes, you have a really good chance of uh, getting banned, even if you weren't doing anything like nefarious. Yep. Uh, there has been stories of people that were using checkpoint, I believe it was to back up their game saves. Yeah. 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 No, I actually, I've had someone in my comment section confirm that where this guy said, yeah, all I did was run checkpoint. There was some other homebrew I ran, um, but some of it crashed and the next day I was banned. Right. So him just trying to use a feature that Nintendo has failed to provide that should be built in, um, that they're actually going to come out with, he got banned. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of it's more automated. You know what I mean? Don't know if we have individuals sitting here looking at crash logs and being like, ban this man. I mean, the, um, the, the thing that comes from it is it, it'd be pretty simple to look at as well, too. Um, one note is here, uh, and by the way, this is from Sergeant Lowell's over on uh, GBA Tip, but he was saying, yes, even if you have airport and disabled, uh, this is the one that caught most people unaware. Uh, so, yes, even if you do disable your air logging, uh, you can still get that back. Mm -hmm. But even if it's automated, it's pretty simple. Like, let's say if I'm running Checkpoint and it crashes, It'd be really easy for a Nintendo system to look and see, okay, this is a retail console. They don't seem to be a developer or anyone else who would be whitelisted. And they are running this application that doesn't match up to anything in our database, but it, it caused an error and reported back. There's something fishy going on here. Let's ban the, uh, ban the system and ban the account. Right. I mean, they could yeah. just have a database of all the different, you know, whether they're doing some kind of a unique hash or they're just using some kind of application ID. Um, if they have something that doesn't match up to what they have in their database, because everything shop, it's, you know, indie, you know, total indie games aren't available on the Switch. They have to have a database of everything that oh, they, yeah. uh, you know, is allowed on their platform. So I would be surprised if it wasn't automated, to mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah, and, and they're really dialing it up to 11 as well because of you know some of the things that have happened, which we're going to get into as well. But I know the official air, um, I'm sure people know about it at least, but for anyone who is ill-informed, um, the official air you should get if your band is a 2124-40007 air. Um, the thing that I find funny, though, is currently right now, you can still download demos and applications, essentially, if you end up purchasing a game by logging into your banned Nintendo account on Nintendo's official website and you pay for a game there and then you either like you just push it to your system uh, or you refresh what's supposed to be on your system. Uh, you can re-download previously owned titles, not from the eShop, but, you know, as MVG said, through different methods like Bog Installer, uh, XHOP, whatever it is. Uh, and you can still download system updates and application updates easily. So that's still there, but it just, it's still, it, it, it cripples you enough to the point where you can't play online and you can't use the eShop, but you can still give Nintendo money, which I, th I think is good. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when I heard that, I was kind of like, all right, not surprised, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at that point, they're just like, look, you can't mess with our infrastructure anymore, but you can still give us money. Right, for sure. <laughs> which is okay, because I'm sure some people would yeah. actually be very okay with that. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So... That is what it is, I guess. I don't really have a whole lot <laughs> to say about it. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, Xbox Live on, on the 360 was the same. I mean, if you start messing around with, you know, um, Nintendo or Sony's or Microsoft's online infrastructure, you're going to pay the consequences of it. And this is really 
I guess, the first line that Nintendo is going towards. And I think it's just going to, you know, they're going to plug those holes. I mean, they're going to basically block you from everything at some point. Right now, obviously, they're, they're being a little more reactive, I guess, than proactive. They've obviously done some work here, but I think they're just going to plug all those loopholes eventually. Yeah. I do wish that, you know, however you accomplish this, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> totally speaking out of just desire and not technical feasibility. If we could have a homebrew and not get banned for that, you know, without having the kind of homebrew like layered FS where you're going to be modifying the game and potentially modifying the game for other people. You know what I mean? If, if we're... Because I, I don't think checkpoint or homebrew like that is harming their infrastructure either, right? No, I think it's more. It's just what you can do with it. Like you have a loaded gun, and it depends on yeah. what you can do. It's like, yeah, you like you yourself. You might want to just back up your game saves, but you have the, the you easily have the ability to also play pirate games. What's right. to stop you from doing that? But they've also got their protection measures for that. So right, and those that, are really, really, those are way better than we've ever seen on, especially a Nintendo console, right? But is that really going to stop people? It, I mean, it would stop people from getting online. You it's know, I, yeah, I, I, that, I that's watched, that's about it. You know, Microsoft with the Xbox, which is I know very well about. I mean, they they didn't care about homebrew, but when they when you started dicking around with cheating online and you know um call of duty lobbies and and all that sort of stuff that's when they really got really unhappy about it and started cracking mm -hmm. down before that oh, yeah. they didn't care about homebrew in fact unofficially i had people from microsoft telling me homebrew is good we're, we're cool with it just you know stay in your lane and everything's fine but when you right. start messing around with the online infrastructure and start cheating and hacking and all that stuff no 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 that's that's a different kettle of fish altogether and i think oh. The same thing applies with Nintendo and, and Sony. I mean, it's exactly the same. And I think this is also why in the past, like especially in the 3DS and uh, the 3DS scene, they were so heavy on like anti-piracy. The tools they released were like, we're not going to try and we're going to do our best not to give you access to that layer. You know what I mean? When a lot of the 3DS homebrew came out, it was very like user land level. Um, yeah, like um, what Smealum did with right. the homebrew channel. Yeah. And that's at a big effort to be like, let's keep this in this lane. We're not giving you a loaded gun. We're trying our best to actually keep it to the homebrew. Um, so, it, you know, I'm not surprised that Nintendo has taken this stance, but I guess it really, I really appreciate it when companies like Microsoft, uh, and I think, is it, am I wrong in saying that Sony has made statements like that or people have gotten reports of that, that they're like, Homebrew is okay or something. Maybe this was Microsoft. That None I, was I can really think of. MVG, can you think of anything from Sony's end? Not really. I mean, they're pretty... I mean, I, I don't know if, if they have come out and said that, but it's really about the actions of the company rather than the, the statements. Because, I mean, sure. a lot of these companies, they'll, they'll never admit to it. You know, they'll say, mm -hmm. you're running unauthorized stuff on, on our system, so you can't do that. You know, it, it's... I mean, that, that classic Bill Gates video where he said, you know, homebrew was good, and we really, really liked um, all the Xbox Media Center stuff and all that. I mean, how do we engage this community? Right? How do we how do we connect with them? You know, and I think from us from Sony's perspective, we never really got that. But it's also interesting. You know, on the PS3, there was so much of that going on at the time. They never really came out and did anything except for just you know uh, do a lots, well, lots lots of console bans and 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 all that sort of stuff. So. Well, I, I was going to say as well too. Even I feel like Sony didn't get the same lane of activity that the Xbox did. Like the Xbox, it went from a game console that could play Blu-rays on, not that could play DVDs on the side, to a fully fledged 
you know, HTPC. Um, while as Sony, you know, PlayStation piracy, essentially. PlayStation 2 piracy. I guess PS1 also, you you could do VCD mods on there. So again, piracy. Um, PSP, they started putting, you know, the media integration stuff in there. And then we got, you know, some more homebrew on that. We got quite a bit of homebrew, um, but still piracy was a big thing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And PS3, they did go hard with a few people mainly like GeoHot and a few others, because they were doing things like putting out root keys. And some people were also putting out, you know, sensitive internal information from Sony and several other things. Uh, Some of it was for the greater good. Some of it was for malicious purposes. So I feel like Sony's consoles haven't gotten the same appreciation of let's max out what we, even on the PS4, we're seeing it, but they haven't gotten the same appreciation of let's max out what we can do with this hardware like we did with the original Xbox. Dude, PS4's piracy. I mean, come on, let's be honest. If, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to uh, talk about anyone that's, that's involved, but right now for the PS4, all we have is an exploit and a way to play backups. We don't have any type of development kit available or any type of tools that people can write their own homebrew with. So, And and the stuff, we we are getting that now, but even the stuff that we have isn't as robust as it could be. I know like all that open source stuff is still still steadily coming down the pipeline. That's all the open Orbis stuff, is that right? Open Orbis, <laughs> but there was also um, an older dev kit. I think it was like PS4 SDK, that's what it was called. That was another mm-hmm. open source one, and it wasn't nearly as robust as something like what Sony would provide. Right. So if anyone is involved in that scene, I want a homebrew development kit so I can start working on it. Because I, 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 Give me a <laughs> PS4 homebrew dev kit so I can mess around with it. Do it just for MVG, please. Please. <laughs> you heard it here. If it comes out soon, we—it was us. Exactly. Yeah, it, right. it was us. Speaking of Sony stuff, though, not with uh, this is not the next topic here, but but MVG, I saw on your your uh, PlayStation TV or Vita video, the flow has officially invited you to join the scene. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I missed this. Yeah, no, he just said on his video, it was in a comment. He's like, join the scene. <laughs> Yeah, and I know the flow. Uh, he's uh, set up a Patreon, and dude, uh, if anyone wants to give money to someone, donate to that dude because he has done so much for the the Vita scene. It's it's unbelievable. That is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, definitely, I have a lot of things to say about the Vita, but I will save it for the Vita talk when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we are just transcending across all consoles now. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Going back to this though, why would somebody? What? Why, why would Nintendo wants to ban someone? for uh for mucking around with a switch online well because they can do various ch- things that the children might see exactly yeah like yes. we're not getting to that one yet but the splatoon 2 topic right and this one maybe you can sh- uh, shed some light on this so i didn't actually sure. see this until very recently um and i tried to read through the comments but I- i'm not quite exactly i can't tell if it's someone who is rank x not actually achievable in splatoon 2 is that what this is? Oh, so that I don't exactly know, but more in addition, mainly with this. So this gentleman right here, please add anti-cheat. Uh, what they did is they ended up going onto the leaderboard and they end up hacking up the leaderboard. So it was this, where these are the top players and the top players are please add anti and cheat. <laughs> now, from what I understand, Splatoon, the first one, uh, had an anti-cheat was really easy to bypass. Splatoon 2 apparently does not have anti-cheat at all. Hmm. 
they went backwards on that. And it's gotten bad because there's now people essentially, I think we talked about in a previous episode, but like, imagine what people are doing with all the modded lobbies on the Xbox 360 and PS3 with um, Call of Duty. Uh, it's not to that same extent, I would say, with all the XP boosting and such. Uh, but it's more what they're doing is uh, people are trying to, they're playing on unreleased maps, they're playing with unreleased characters, they're doing this in public as well too. And apparently if they're doing this to unsuspecting victims, those people in the game also run the chance of their systems and their accounts getting banned. I believe we talked about that a little bit last month. Yeah. Uh, where people were, there was video footage that we had where someone was playing on an unreleased map and you could tell they were very surprised and they're just like, what's going on? This is that new yep. map. Like what, what? And it must've been some, uh, somebody hacking the game and uh, pushing that to be online, which is like you said, really risk for all parties here. You could be like getting someone caught up that, you know, totally isn't involved in that at all because a lot of this stuff is automated behind the scenes. For sure. So what this guy did was, again, he ended up modding that to send a message to Nintendo. Nintendo did hear the message and responded by banning him <laughs> and resetting hard. those accounts. So he is now no longer on the leaderboard. Um, but, you know, his, his, he's he's made his piece that he said he was expecting it to happen. He wasn't being ignorant of it or anything else. Sure. He knew he was going to get banned. He just wanted to send the message. My thing is, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but I don't think this is going to do anything. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's almost just like a a publicity stunt almost. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where you, you do this and you know there's going to be consequences. You're probably going to get banned. You're going to get on the front page of Reddit or, you know, you're going to get a lot of views on Reddit at some point. But then that's really about it. You know, you kind of move on from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that at some point, some of that security on Splatoon is going to increase because this wouldn't I, be. I the mean, last it can time. only go up from here because there's right. none. Right, <laughs> there's none. Um, <laughs> if this happens now, if they don't increase the security, if they don't patch anything, this won't be the last time something like this happens. And uh, especially with the fact that that's, uh, did you show the screenshot on video? I did. Uh, so that was actually taken from the Nintendo Switch mobile app. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about anyone with a mobile phone. Um, I can't remember if you, I think you might have to have uh, Splatoon on your Nintendo account or tied to your Nintendo account to actually okay. use that feature of the app. But anyone does can just see that on their phone at any time. You don't even have to be in the game. Mm -hmm. And if you can put, uh, you know, nefarious or malicious things, which has been shown to, right. to we're getting, we're getting there. <laughs> right. I mean, this is not going to be the last time this happens. Oh no. So, not at all. Uh, hopefully they do add the, anti-cheat. Go to any of the old Call of Duties on consoles and look at the leaderboards and you'll just see like how completely fucked the first few hundred people on the top of the leaderboards are. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's been like that for a while, too. A long time. Too long. Got yeah, but this is the Switch, man. This is a whole new ball, ballpark. And they can't like... They can't risk this kind of thing. They are going to have to step it up. And Splatoon, even, Splatoon 2 may not be like extremely popular here in the States, but it is massively popular in Japan. But this is the competition first party game that they wanted to push. Even when they announced the switch, what was the, what was the game they had in the competition there? It was Splatoon two. Mm -hmm. Like yep. that is obviously, they're obviously wanting to push this. They want this to be their own exclusive call of duty. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there will be anti-cheat of some kind, mm -hmm. hopefully sooner than later, because, you know, I personally, as much as I love homebrew, as much as I like hacking up my consoles, I do think it should stay offline. We shouldn't be taking that stuff onto online where people have no say in, you know, participating in that. Right, right.
Yeah, I think one person who is more knowledgeable than me had said this, but allegedly they were claiming that the reason why Splatoon 2 doesn't have anti-cheat is because it did not have, they don't have the resources to have the game properly running on there and have the anti-cheat on top of it, which I almost don't really want to believe with the power that they have. I, I, I There has to be something there. But on top of that, it also depends on if it's a good anti-cheat system. Because yes, anything can be broken, but you have a game with no anti-cheat that is just as vulnerable as a game, the previous one that had anti-cheat, and people were modding that to hell and back. Sure, yeah. I would really hope, yeah, that's not the case. Invest um, more money in, in infrastructure, Nintendo. That's the message. Right. Please. Get your and shit it's, together. It's not quite the exact same thing, but kind of comparable. Uh, Pokemon Go the more anti-cheat and anti like spoofing mechanisms that they came out with and also mechanisms to make sure you weren't like uh driving around in a car and playing you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh all of that actually took a big performance hit on it and i actually know people who had older like android phones or iphones where it actually went from being you know playable to they couldn't even play the game anymore just because of all the anti-cheat and the uh, anti-spoofing updates they had yeah so Technically, I mean, I could I could believe it, but it would be nice if more of that could be offloaded somehow onto Nintendo's servers as opposed to the local Switch. Because mm -hmm. no one wants frame rate drops. I get that. Well, you know, especially, especially in a competitive game. I was going to say, uh, with a, co a competitive game, you can't have those performance drops. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not worth it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they don't want to just stick to just banning people constantly. I mean, it works to an extent, but we'll see. We will see. Sad times to be had. Cheer up, man. We might have uh, a new custom firmware on the horizon. Oh? So it sounds like our good old friend who will just... I think we've just stuck with Ray in the past. Ray, it's it's fine. We'll call him Ray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like they may be doing some custom firmware stuff. So you want to take this one? Uh, I just took the last one. You can go ahead. Okay, sure. Um, how about you pull up the video? We'll do some teamwork yes, here. I'll do that. All right. So we don't really have too much, but um, I, you know, I think at least I can speak for myself. Uh, Ray did some really good work. Um, I used uh, their custom firmware on my 3DS a decent bit. I think that they kind of fell out of the scene for the most part, but a lot of their uh, work went to good use in the end anyway because it was all open source. Yeah, Aurora Wright definitely forked the hell out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, both projects ended up being good. Yeah. Right, you know, and even uh, Ray continued to focus on some more fundamental things. It was not like, uh, you know, total hatred. It was like, okay, you can keep doing that. You can keep pleasing the people. You can make a custom firmware with features and stuff like that. I'm going to focus over here. Mm -hmm. When everything's open source, you know, it's everybody can get the benefits of all that. Well, even with that too, going back to Raynand and all Raynand or now Luma 3DS, like Ray had actually come out and said before, like, hey, I actually talked to Aurora Riot and we tried to make it work, like try, try to combine our stuff, but we just didn't see eye to eye on a few things mm -hmm. and we both respected that. And I just did my own firmware. She did her own firmware and that was it. Mm -hmm. And Aurora Riot had even come out and I don't know if it was speaking directly in this, but as you know, mentioned that she was like, you know, when I started this, I was definitely like a much more uh, immature programmer and I've gotten better since then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like uh, that just happens sometimes when you have a project, that's your baby. Uh, if you're not meeting eye to eye to someone or someone maybe isn't up to your standards, you know, you can be like, look, especially when it's open source, like, mm -hmm. look, you can go do your own thing if you want and I'll be here. And if, 
it's fine. Oh, dude, I literally remember when it first came out, the only benefit that RA NAND had compared to Ray NAND was the ability to work on ARM9 loader hacks. That was it. It was the exact same firmware, except it maybe had like one or two other changes, and it was just compatible with ARM9 loader hacks before Rainand was. Sure. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, question for you guys. I mean, what, sure. what, what does this provide that, you know, uh, Hecate and, and kind of the stuff that's out there, you know, doesn't? Is this something, is this just another type of um, custom firmware, or is it something that, provide some additional features that we don't know about yet what what's what's the takeaway here i mean i'm all about more more people being involved in these things and competition is always better especially for the scene but what do we get here that every you know the current stuff isn't giving us do we know at the moment i don't think so okay but what we do know in my opinion is that we have a a reliable well-respected developer that also is known for like taking their time and releasing it when it's ready Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's kind of the experience that I've got, which is the main reason why I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would definitely be good to check out, but it's one of those things with, you know, um, Raynan versus Luma 3DS. And the 3DS community has had several debates on this, but it's like, yes, factually, Raynan is not spaghetti code and it has been coded cleaner and it's designed for functionality, not just for adding things crazily here and there. Um, but do people care about that overall? Because Luma 3DS works and it has the features that people want that Rayman doesn't have, and it works well. Right. So, yeah, more we don't we don't know what this is going to have, but yeah, as Devin said, it's the excitement of having a respected developer working on something. Mm. And I could see this even being like a base for other custom firmwares that might come out. You know, if it kind of goes around the same trend, it could be something that's really solid, well built. And I'm sure, like, from what I had seen with this developer, there was times, like, where literally it was like, add this to Rayman, add this to Rayman, because it was the new hotness that people were, you know, talking about that yeah. week, some new feature. And he was, or the developer, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. Rayman's he. He? Okay. Yeah. So, like, um, he was just like, well, I'm not going to jump on this new trend. I'm actually focusing on something totally different. Yeah. Fundament, like, these are some fundamentals that I'm improving. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see some slow rolling stability, maybe almost like a more solid thing. And maybe Hikate, and not that Hikate is like a buggy or experimental necessarily, but, you know, maybe they'll focus on some of the new features. Um, time will tell at this point, but I am excited sure. to have the developer on board. And likewise, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I think more competition is better for the scene and, you know, hopefully we'll see some cool stuff come out of this for sure. I'll definitely try it out when it comes out. You know, I always like to kind of play around with different things and I think it would be interesting to, to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For so ho- sure. hopefully we'll update you guys soon. If it's been like the recent news, it's like month after month. We're like, hey, we talked about that last month. Hey, we talked about that last month. So exactly. hopefully it comes out here shortly. Exactly, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for as well too. We'll see. Yeah. Anyways, uh, kind of going around the table here, but uh, MVG, you want to take this next one? Yeah, I, I don't know too much about this, but I, I do know there's a this uh, this Trinket M zero mod that's that's kind of being released. I, honestly, I I took a look at this a few hours ago, so I'm not too privy to what's going on. But I think so it's the, just an, how about this? You have two chances because we're talking about two things in a row. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we've got the uh, you know the, the Trinket, and um, it looks like it's a and please tell me if if this is uh not incorrect uh, this is not correct but it looks like an internal mod that um flashes through the USB-C so i think this is interesting um 
for the switch development to see where this where this goes but as mentioned you know, i've only had a close look at this only in the last couple of hours so you know please uh, fill in the blanks for me if you guys know mm. more Oh, no, no, it's all good. So essentially with the way this works is Xbox Expert had done this, and I'll even kind of pause this right here. So up here, uh, just above the fan, that is where the trinket chip is. And what that is, is that was installed internally, and that is supposed to drop in the payload. If it's fused jelly or whatever other payload you're using, it's supposed to do the payload drop. The system's also been modified as well, too, so you do not have to jig the console on boot every time. And and you don't have to mess with the Joy-Con either. So you can jig this without the Joy-Con uh, and without you know having an external jig of any kind. And then the payload is all available right there as well too. And you can enable or disable the mod chip at will as well. So gotcha. it's it, it's just kind of an, a neat thing to play around with. It's definitely cool and people have definitely taken notice with it. So it's essentially, I guess we'll say a hardwired version of you know the existing mod where it's basically baked into the, the hardware where you, as soon as you turn your your switch on it's it's kind of ready to rock and roll yeah it's yeah. it's like a glitch chip this is pretty much what we're gonna the, the these are the type of mod chips and i use quotations here but these are the type of mod chips we're going to be getting on the switch they're going to be payload dropping internally installed chips right um and if you think about like how the sx works where you plug in a pay or plug in the dongle on the bottom you plug yeah. plug or slide the jig into the rail um it's like basically if those two things were plugged in all the time <laughs> internally um and if you watch the video that we have here you can notice that you still have to boot into recovery mode holding volume up and power right yes. yeah. so if you've got a jig in your uh switch or, and even like the sx if you go the whole nine yards and you have the, the dongle plugged in if you boot with just a power button you're not going to go through the menu mm -hmm. and granted that you don't have our auto rcm of course uh enabled so um, it kind of works both ways. You're easy, easy, you can easily boot into the standard firmware with no modification, or you can just boot in um, straight into the exploit. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I don't know is how you swap out the payload. Did you say it was wired up to USB-C? Do you know if that's it like... It does say here, uh, RCM strap and upgrade through USB-C. So it's not shown here. But yeah, no, with that language, it seems like that you mm -hmm. can update your payload without having to open it either. So that would be honestly really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if I'm, with how things are right now, I don't know if I want to crack open my Switch. Uh, things are working pretty because well. Switches are cracking themselves, if you oh know what gosh. I mean. <laughs> Go home. I am home, okay? <laughs> you get out of here. Leave me and my dog alone. You really want to do that? No, no, no. All Go right. ahead. Right. I'm All sorry. Right. I'll finish. <laughs> um, but no, it's... It's uh, I think it's pretty neat, and I'm really excited, and I would love to maybe play with one eventually. I could see myself in maybe like a year or maybe a little while longer after I've kind of, you know, got some fun out of the Switch the way it is, trying to experiment with one of these. Mm -hmm. How many wires sure. is it? Do we know? So we can actually move on to the next one. I don't know about the trinket, but you want to grab this other one, MVG? Well, yeah, so this is the uh, the team Rebug switch mod chip which is yes. i guess it's a, a a similar type device which is four wires and i know that they're kind of in their final prototype phases right now of, of testing this board and you know this is definitely one that i'm interested in you know i've, I've been a rebug fan for many many years you know since the original ps3 days so i'm very interested to see what what they come up with but this sounds pretty cool to me that it's a, a fairly simple four wire mod chip and Hopefully, mm -hmm. it it basically 
gives us all the features that they're advertising and I think it will work really well. One thing it doesn't mention though is, you know, the updating of, of firmware or, or, or the um, payloads via USB-C. So I'm wondering how they're going to deal with that, if, if, if they even need to do that, but I'm sure they've got some method to, uh, to do that too. So what do you guys think about this? Um, this is definitely one that I may look at picking up for my Switch and, and messing around with. Mm-hmm. I, oh, go ahead, Devin. Okay, well, um, first of all, I was going to answer your initial question, which was how many wires uh, or how difficult it was for the first one. And um, I pulled up a link, which I put in our uh, Hangout chat, if you oh, want to pull yeah. that up. And it's got I'll a check. pretty big picture, and it looks like it's uh, the same four wires. Yeah, I kind of figured that. I mean, I think I think, you know, both of them have figured out that these are the, the wires that we need to tap into to to get this thing to, I guess, you know, export or, or, or take over the, the system on boot up. Mm-hmm. But I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, we'll see this. This could be a more professional version, maybe one that gets iterated on more because I know the trinket was made with a small, small, or, uh, oh, what is it? I forget what the company is. They make a lot of Raspberry Pi accessories. Starts with an A. Uh, Adafruit? Yeah. yeah. So that's an Adafruit board, which is what the Trinket M0 is, yeah. uh, at least in the video. So maybe they'll iter- maybe Team Rebug will have the resources to iterate on that or something like that. Um, but I, like the previous uh, topic, I think more competition is better, and it's cool to see people getting on this. Mm-hmm. I know that um, apparently, uh, allegedly, we've seen like Team Matrix is one to get into this as well, too. Everyone's hopping on board with this. We have Rebug here, of course. Um executor in there uh, i was going to say though uh, when you all had mentioned earlier uh talking about like sx having it internally where the trinket was like that uh we actually i don't have the link here uh but friend of the show the mod shop or element he actually had done that where he took his switch apart and he took his sx pro parts and removed the caps and figured out where to wire it up and did wire it internally into his system that is awesome he did not see a way where he could upgrade it remotely so you would still have to flash it i believe and if he's in here correct me if i'm wrong um but he just did that as a proof of concept and that's that's what i've loved about seeing this like i've seen several people who they've been making um, they didn't want to buy the SX Pro, so they were making their own payload droppers using trinkets. And then the next challenge was, okay, how can we... What is the smallest external trinket payload dropper that we can make? And now people are doing it internal. So it's really gotten the creative juices flowing of the DIY community, which I love. Mm-hmm. So real talk here. What do you think the return on investment on this stuff is going to be? I mean, we, we, we've just seen that Nintendo has responded with you know, at this time, a non-exploitable update. And we know that, you know, Makaro's on, on the way as well. So how do you think these teams are feeling right now with, with what they're about to bring out to the world? Do you think it's it's wasted kind of time and energy? Do you think there's going to be, they're going to make their money back on the amount of time they've spent? Or what, what do you guys think about this? Because I, I think, I, I honestly, I think these teams are a little apprehensive right now, you know, that, that there is change coming and, whether their stuff works with the future of the Switch as far as revisions, it remains to be seen. What do you guys think? I have a couple of comments. Sure. Um, one, I do. I think I agree with you. I think the excitement, the hype could very well put people way too invested into this. 
Um, however, I think that the cost for these companies as well is extremely low with this stuff. You know, these boards that we're dealing with are very simple and I think they can even get optimized, um, you know, custom design boards instead of using, uh, reusing something off of the shelf like the Adafruit uh, boards. So I think that um, we're at least, in, they're at least in a very cheap territory. Yep. And the other thing is that these switches have sold pretty well so far. So I think there's a lot on the market that will uh, be around for a while. And so even if they have to cut back, I think current investments will still be worthwhile because these things are still going to be floating around. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of these switches on the market. It's sold well. It's not an obscure um, console that, you know, yep. uh, we're not going to be able to get a hold of in a year or yeah. two. And especially as well, too, even with, with Executor in mind, at least, um, they're selling their firmware, which their firmware, it's like, yes, there was man time, so it was development hours put into that. I'm sure they probably paid some contractors as well, too, to work on it. Um, but it, it's, it's going to cost them nothing to sell a file. They yeah. give away the file, actually, so they're just get, selling you a license, mm -hmm. which is not going to cost all that much. And even so, like they've they've made their money back because the way it works is that they're selling these things in mass, the SXO license and the SX Pro. They're selling them to resellers, so they make their money on the resellers, and the resellers are the ones who are trying to look for a profit on that. Yeah. Well, like you said, they position themselves to be in a good place too, where you can. You can even buy their license and not buy their hardware, so oh, they yeah. could, you know, they could possibly be making a lot of money on that. And then they give their payload away as well, so you can just load it up through um, like a Fuse Jelly web launcher or uh, Smash Smash uh, Tegra Smash Tegra Smash. Or yeah. That's what it is. I like that one. Uh, so you can actually like use all the SX uh, firmware and stuff without buying an SX. So they have a new, yeah. new revenue stream there too. So I think you're right. Team Executor is in a unique position. Mm -hmm. um, do we know if uh, Team Re Rebug will be uh, shipping its own firmware or, or if it's going to be kind of going with open source solutions or potentially not shipping with any firmware? That I don't know. Well, the firmware is not going to be in the um, in the chip itself. Um, I know they are going to be, they're planning on manufacturing and selling the chip. So we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the firmware they're probably just going to give out as well too. Well, and even in this video here in uh, a Max Consoles article or forum post, mm -hmm. it shows them booting up uh, Atmosphere. Yes. So it's Team Rebug presents Switch Me Up, uh, which is appears to be an official video from them, and they're using Atmosphere there. It's very obvious. So it's very possible that they may just ship this and let you load up whatever you want onto it, mm -hmm. which I don't think is a bad thing either. No. Um, no, and, and again, it's one of those things too. Like, if people get it, it's going to be very low cost to them. And then if people get mad about them selling the chip, it's like, well, you don't have to use the chip. You can use your computer. You can use your phone. You can install use a trinket. You can use a Pi Zero. Right. Like this is just a tool that's being sold. And it's very likely these chips cost people, you know, cents. And if they're selling them yeah. at any kind of a premium, there <laughs> the, these chips are probably going to get sold for like. Ten dollars or so, something right. like that. I can't see any more than fifteen, even like the R four cards all over again, where they're just like, yeah, just go buy one or the knockoffs <laughs> yeah. or whatever. They're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> They'll be around forever. Yep. Did you have something to say, uh, MVG? No, no. I, mean, I think I think we kind of you know we we covered it pretty well. It's 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 interesting, and, and and you guys are right. I mean, I think there are there are a lot of switches that are already out there, and you know millions and millions of these things. So there, there definitely will be a market. It's just you know three, four, five years from now, is this still going to be relevant? And that's, I guess that's the, the million dollar question, whether um, 
what Nintendo has up their sleeve with the future of the Switch, whether it's going to be enough to uh, to keep hackers out of future revisions. So it remains to be seen, and I'm looking forward to it, see what they come up with. I definitely believe there's still going to be relevance. We're probably going to have different methods that are going to be more refined. We might not even do the same type of payload dropping. Like right now, at least current moment, we can't do that right now on the uh, the new eye-patched switches. Um, but they've said that the firmware, like the, they can use Deja Vu, which is going to be a more software-based version of it as well, too. Yep. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen with that. Um I'm excited to see what changes might or might not happen. Um, but either way, I mean, they will definitely be making changes. I've just, uh, none of us know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I think this stuff is probably going to be here to stay. It's just going to get refined and change and change. It's still going to be there. Um, but more with how much is invested. I think most teams are going to be doing this more for the love of it and maybe just getting their name out there because, again, Executor is the only one that's really selling their stuff. Yeah. This is kind of a side tangent, but to be honest, I'm really excited to see what happens. You know, part of me is actually really excited that A, the Switch got hacked, and B, that they're kind of rolling out fixes and we already have all this stuff. I mean, I think this kind of stuff is just very entertaining to watch unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to it no matter what happens. For sure. Likewise. Now, what Nintendo doesn't find entertaining. <laughs> the thing that we keep hitting at. So, you know, I'll just I, I'll just ask you all here, all right? It's like, let's say it's like 1130 at night. You're in your room. You know, there, there, there's no one around. You, you're on your phone. You just have like that that feeling, you know? Like, maybe I could do something that will get me to bed. Picking up what you're putting down. Exactly. So, so if you all are looking for some burn, where are your go-to places? Because for me... It's actually the balloon world in Super Mario Odyssey. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah, that's where I go. Yeah, so in case... That's where I go. Yeah, so in you case... see stuff there that you don't see anywhere oh, else. Oh, no, no. In, in case anyone has not heard, so one of the things that we've been kind of... Now we can talk about one of the things we've been hitting at is with modded switches, you can use dev menu because that leaked out. And with dev menu, you can change your profile picture. So what people have been doing is they've been changing their profile pictures to some icons that are not safe for work, and especially not safe to put in a children's game such as Super Mario Odyssey. However, because people are people, they've been changing their icons and going into these games, mainly Odyssey, and I haven't messed with the balloon world, but apparently, as I understand, you can drop your balloons in this world, and those balloons show who dropped them by showing the icon of the person. So there was kids running around and maybe seeing porn for the first time ever. Right. And that is what Nintendo does not like. No. In fact, they made, it says they made a statement about, quote, displaying inappropriate or unauthorized material in certain online games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, even they're kind of beating around the bush just a bit. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I was kind of talking about earlier. Like, you know, it's fine if you want to hack around on your Switch. It's fine if you want to change your profile picture or whatever. But like, don't go online. Don't start doing stuff that's affecting well, other people. Well, now they're people. changing. Now they're banning. I, I, it seems like they're just banning people who change their profile picture. Because again, right. it's like, yeah, you can change it to a cute anime chick. But what's to stop you from changing it to some porno? But that's, okay. And that's where <laughs> like, I'm wondering. What do going on there? That'd be really interesting. That would be. <laughs> Wow, but I shouldn't be laughing so um, much. 
How did this happen? How did I, I don't understand even how the system just lets any image just float around. How do they not have like a pre don't they have like a gallery that you No, but they, they do, but Devin, you could do this through dev menu. I yeah, I get it. I guess I just didn't something I don't know. I, I get it. But I expected something to be a little more server side, a little more. How like, else are they supposed? Well, think about it internally. How else are they supposed to test their images that are going to show up on there? Sure. Yeah, that'd be the best way of doing it. Just load the image through Dev Menu and check it out on there. See that it looks good. Like a little icon, all that other stuff. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have had like hashes on all that. You know what I mean? You go online, like check for that kind of stuff. That seems like something that is easily abusable. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have thought they would have had some kind of master list of all the kind of approved images with some whitelist against it. And if anything didn't kind of make the cut, it would just get replaced with some default thing or something. But, you know, it's one of those things where uh, someone found out a way to to, to piss Nintendo off and, and they succeeded. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. no doubt anything needed. So yeah, <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Anyone want to, which one of y'all wants to read the statement they made? You go ahead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. So the, the, Nintendo officially had said, uh, they said this to the verge, but a very small number of consumers have been using modified Nintendo switch systems to display inappropriate or unauthorized material in certain online games. Nintendo always strives to provide a positive experience for all consumers, and this includes continuously monitoring all threats to its product security and taking swift and strong actions to prevent them. Modified Nintendo Switch systems have been banned. That is such a powerful final sentence. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They have been banned. Well, I think even internally, they're just like, really? Y'all had to bring porn into this? Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> like, backing up saves. Okay, party games, that's going to happen. Just keep the porn out, please. Yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty though, with this kind of stuff. You know, I just... Again, like, I hope they implement <laughs> some of this stuff sooner than later, and they don't just rely on banning people, because that just can be a really tiring cat-and-mouse game. Um, but I seriously don't understand. We're talking about pictures here. If you could do this internally, like, just... Yeah, it seems like such an easily abusable attack vector, and it was. It was. It was. It truly was. I don't know. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say on this. <laughs> People nah. can do something naughty; they will. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so some kids were having a very confusing and maybe a very good time in that balloon world. All right, <laughs> mommy, I don't have this profile picture. Where did he get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can you get me this one? I really like it. I need it. <laughs> Gosh, I really hope the kids are safe. Ugh. Had to find out sometime, I guess. It's true. Yeah. Nature has its way. Nature has its way. <laughs> oh, well. So. So. <laughs> I don't think any of us surprised by this next one nah no and you should nah. guys remember the last time i was on the show i called this i said that, that there was there was rumors rumors that and what mvg is referring to is um <laughs> team executor and their really nice new sx which it's actually a little nice piece of hardware it is i'll it be is. honest all right all right it is it's it's pretty solid yeah we both have one mvg you said you have one right yes, yes i um, do yeah. we all have one so we they, all have one, all right? It feels nice in the hand. Yeah. It's, vi it's very smooth. Very, much reminds me of when I was playing Odyssey the other night. Yeah? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. It is smooth, though. Yeah. But the software inside its powering this whole thing, the SXOS, um, 
isn't so nice. At least no. not so original. Uh, no, not at all. It appears uh, Mike Heskin, uh, also known as HexKYZ on Twitter, has... I think you of, pronounce it HexKeys. HexKeys? HexKeys. Well, HexKeys. 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 HexKeys on Twitter um, has kind of been talking a lot about digging into this whole SXOS and seeing, you know, what it's made up of. Uh, and it's a lot of actually open source code and we're not really getting the reciprocating open source release from team executor. And, and mind you, we're just showing you a small snippet. Uh, there's been, I think Nayward has been looking at this mm. hex keys. Of course, there's been several people who've been looking at this and there's been some little jabs back and forth between, you know, uh, between tweets and blog posts and even executor putting out update notes as well too right yeah um so i'll read through here a couple tweets sure um after stripping down all of the obfuscation we can now say for sure that xs sx os is made of a custom bootloader to display their main menu set of kernel plus ini1 and kip1 patches to disable signature checking modified kip1 loader not gonna lie the last two don't mean too much to me other than signature checking i get that uh, and then the loader is the meat of the OS, but it's nothing more than an old build of NX homebrew menu uh, and Atmosphere's loader code. So backup loading is mostly achieved by parsing and decrypting XCI files and feeding them directly to the FS sys module, which has signature checks disabled. Um, but a big bulk of their whole SX OS loader is actually just Atmosphere code. Mm-hmm. Um, are we surprised by this, guys? Honestly, no. I mean, come on. Not really. I, it's it's more now we have the receipts for it. Right. Yeah. So, right. uh, Mr. Mario and I were talking about this kind of when a lot of this dropped, and my big thing was, and I had I feel like I said it multiple times, like, look, I get it. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know, it's like something that your kid might do, right? Like, ah. you know, I'm not surprised you did it, but I really wish you didn't. Mm -hmm. If you I'm didn't, I'm disappointed. Awesome. <laughs> So I, I got a I got a couple of things I want to say about this particular topic. Go ahead. Yeah, the please. first one is uh, I, I really um it feels to me like they're kind of just they've stopped what they're doing and they're just kind of going after Team Executor and Team Executor is not going to change. I mean, they've been doing this since the beginning of time. You know, we talk about the OG Xbox. I mean, they they did some they did some great hardware. I'm not I'm not you know dissing them for that. The, the, the Executor mod chips and the control panels they brought out. I mean, all that stuff is is great hardware, but they, they never released their own stuff. I mean, the original Xbox BIOSes, they lifted from other groups. And the reason why the other groups couldn't really come out and say that, hey, these guys have ripped us off is because everyone was ripping off Microsoft. So they couldn't really get into that, you know, into that mm -hmm. argument with each other. And they've always been that type of yeah, I can definitely agree. Um, I think that there are people that are probably going to be doing this out of their curiosity. And, you know, you're never going to stop them. Um, but if it does come at the cost of further development, I agree. It's not worth it. Um, I do want to give a quick refresher for people that may not have heard our discussion on some of the GPL stuff in the past where we sure, were talking about yeah. RetroArch. Because um, there has been some comments on this um, in Twitter, on Reddit and stuff that I've seen where they're like, how can you steal open source code? I don't understand. This is really dumb. You're just like whining because they're making money off of it. Mm -hmm. And the reality is um, what uh, Team Executor is doing at the very moment it is technically illegal, um, at least under you know United States jurisdictions and many other countries. Uh, so open source code can have licenses. And in fact, if you don't provide a license, it's actually technically copywritten and you're not supposed to take someone's open source code mm -hmm. without a license. 
Um, and the license that most of these projects are using, as far as I know, is GPL, which basically means if you uh, sh release anything online in the public or ship any product that uses uh, GPL code, then you must also release your own source code, which, of course, Team Executor has not done for their SX OS. Uh, so I just want to make sure that you know everyone's listening is clear on that. Um, so, but at the same time, there's not much you can do unless you go to sue them, which costs money. And Team Executor is a business with lawyers, I'm sure. Yeah, and Hex Keys has also said like, no, we're not going to be suing Team Executor right. for this. Right. Like he's he's doing this for the fun of it. Yeah. Or yeah. just to you know, again, I think you know, like MVG said at the beginning, I think it is good for people to understand this. It's good if you're going up front to buy this, look, this is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but now that we know, I agree, now that we know that, it's like how much further digging, like are we going to expose every single new feature they come out with? That might be a waste of time. Now they have backpedaled a little bit. So one thing that we had, did we talk about SX bricking consoles last episode? I can't remember. I feel like we okay. did. So I feel like we did, but just in case we didn't, um, SX has the it, it does have brick code inside of it. Um, so it does have like essentially ends up uh, bricking and encrypting your NAND, and the password is want to play to unlock it because it ends up passwording it. Um, so apparently, it seems like it's only really triggered if you're reversing the OS and hex key is Mike Heskin himself. Uh, he's put this out. He's been documenting it and everything as well, too. And he was saying that, like, mainly what this has caused is what I'm trying to say here is uh, they have, as of their latest firmware update, which was 1.3, they have removed the brick code. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, Team Executor says that it was put in there as a friendly hacker challenge. That was their wording. They said it's a friendly hacker challenge, but it was taken very maliciously, and there was a whole lot of misinformation around it, so they just removed it. I mean, that's yeah. a bullshit excuse. Come on. Let, let's <laughs> well said. They're trying, they're trying to protect their IP, you know, and and I mean, that's what that's what they do, you know, and, and mm -hmm. uh, they just got called out for it, and that's kind of the statement they came back with. I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to mention here is Mike was also saying uh, we won't be releasing a cracked version of the binary. That'd be very hypercritical considering our views on piracy. What we do plan on releasing is info and tools to aid in reverse engineering the SXOS. Naturally, all one needs to do is crack. Well, all one needs to do to crack it is it is unpack, patch, and repack, which will be trivial. So apparently he has ripped it all open and he's released like dumpers and everything that just completely dumps out the OS. And he said, here, I've pretty much reversed this. Everything's available, but it's up to you all to actually, you know, compile it and get it running. Yeah, I doubt he actually went through a whole lot more effort to just release these tools. I imagine these are the exact tools that he was using to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I don't think he got to the point of, all right, now that I've reversed this, now let me go do all this so that other people can do it. It's kind of like, hey, look, I got here. I'm not going to redistribute it. But if you want to have the tools that I use to get here, go ahead, because they're already made. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, and I kind of, I, I do think that that's the better move, right? Um, you know, some certain situations, fighting fire with fire isn't really going to work. It's not okay. really going to get anywhere. Um, and, you know, kind of like all with Gateway, in the end, I would like to see our open source solutions just totally dominate this right i would love for us to just progress and 
give a good excuse not to use SXOS because our other open source solutions are just that much more superior. Right, right. That's that's what I'm hoping for. I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for with the scene as well, too. And so. I don't think we're far away from that. Uh, let's let's hope not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in regards to that, I was I think this is this, this is more the, the last thing on uh, SX I wanted to talk about. I kind of want to discuss the well we talked about the the stealing code thing um a little bit here and obviously you know we've shown it from mike heskin and such um but i know mvg you were saying that you think it's good that people are aware of this and while i do agree with that i'm kind of playing devil's advocate here um the reality of it as well too is it's more i have kind of two takeaways on this one a lot of people that are getting the sxos don't care about that they don't care about the stolen code aspect of it they don't really like they're thinking you know what i'm pirating shit so whatever what i'm pirating shit so whatever if the developers pirated other code that's it is what it is the other thing is too which dev and i discussed this a little bit and i kind of put this on ice because i want to talk about it live as well too um but the other justification that people who are kind of on the fence have been looking at is all the stuff that they have been, well, for the most part, like all, all the functions that they've been copying are available for free because you can use SXOS unlicensed. And the only thing you cannot do if you do not have a license for it is you cannot load game dumps. And mm -hmm. so technically at that point, that's the only thing that they're charging for because there's no other custom firmware that has a game loader built mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. Into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's that's very interesting you say that. And that's potentially one way where they I guess they can protect themselves, you know, from from any potential I wouldn't say legal stuff because I mean I was gonna say, not, yeah, because this this not gonna, still not hold up in court. You know, but. <laughs> definitely not. I mean, it's all piracy and hacking and, and all that stuff. I, mean, I, I remember I was kind of surprised when they were like, Hey, like the SX OS can be used on anything, you just have a license for this. I was like, Wow, I'm surprised they did that actually. But now it makes a lot more sense. They could have yeah. I'm not saying they did, I have no proof, but they could have very easily just made that decision because they knew this was coming. Yeah, they know the game they're playing. They've been in this forever, like you said. Okay, they know what they're doing. They're not like, oh crap, we were supposed to release this code. We can't do that. No, they knew ahead of time what they yeah. were doing. So, um, it, to an extent, props to them for at least like if you're like, well, we know we're going to be totally doing this, you know, in the wrong. But yeah, here we go. Here we'll throw you a little bone. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say like that. I support that, but you know, I, I agree. It just feels so good in the hand, man. Mm -hmm. it, it, it truly <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, no, again, that's it, it's one of those things where, yes, like, and, and even disregarding the whole piracy thing, just looking at the licenses, like they are using this stuff unlicensed. And on top of that, I think even some of the licenses they are using from the code they're forking require like, hey, if you use this code, you also have to open source mm. your product. They there is a this. crypto library that they said that they were using. Yes. Yeah. So because of that, they are violating those license terms and such. But mainly the justification for that is, well, look, the only thing that we're monetizing is this is something that we developed. No one else has this. Point us to another custom firmware that's out that has an XCI loader. Right. No one else has it. The only ones publicly available with that so we can charge for it. If people okay. say, well, you're selling, you know, this, this payload or you're selling this, it's like, no, you can do the payload stuff for free. We put that out for free. You can run homebrew for mm -hmm. free as well, too. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Like we said with that OS, uh, you know, if you don't have a license, you could like basically build your own SX 
and um, be able to use it without the loading. And then even if you bought your own license, you could build your own SX on top of that. So yeah, they've yeah. got a lot of flexibility there. Because no, they, they, they give you the payload file and you can load the payload file mm -hmm. any way you want to. And then you right. can download the OS itself and you yep. can use everything on there except for game loading. Um, and I will say, like, you know, if you just ask me face value, would I feel worse if there was an open source uh, XCI loader and they had uh, forked that as well? I would probably say yes, that would be even more uh, upsetting to me. Yes. So I do think that it's good, good in air quotes, that they developed <laughs> their own part of this and that's really what they're charging for. I'm glad they have at least some original development here. Right. Some honor among thieves, right? Yeah, so. that's well said. I still think my my. I mean, this is not a tinfoil hat, but it's a Pikachu hat. My my Pikachu hat theory. There's tinfoil underneath. You just There's can't tinfoil see underneath. My okay, so there, there I could say it then. My my tinfoil hat theory <laughs> is still that they had a completely different plan. But when mm -hmm. they saw all this came come about with the way Fuse Jelly was working with the payload launchers and with the jig. They end up changing things up because, again, they originally mentioned they were going to have solder and solderless options. Mm -hmm. yep. Where is the solder option? Yep. It's not there because it was pro. And what they had was probably not as refined and not going to be as deliverable as something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I take it a little bit further. Like, what if they just didn't have anything? You know what I mean? Like, it's possible <laughs> that they could have just been playing, you know, just bluffing, right? Uh, these things get delayed all the time. You know what I mean? They could yeah. have easily played that card for quite a while. For I, sure. I agree. I mean, I don't think they had anything, but, you know, they have the money and the resources to pivot very quickly when something is available. And, I mean, as we've seen, I mean, they've come out, you know, only in a couple of months with a awesome solution that really needs four wires and yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, hmm, <laughs> where yeah. do you get that from right so but maybe they won't maybe they're just like hey look this is a solid enough solution it's super cheap we, yeah. it works really well it's probably more profitable if it's that easy I to very be they, i very much doubt they will because at this point what like what what audience are they going to top it tap into with the solder version when i'm sure you know when i thought solderless i was thinking still internal yeah, like something that you have to, uh, just something probably that you'd have to like open up right. and like slot it in somewhere. Right. And load but then it. they're like, oh crap, this is solderless external. Like, yeah, screw the solder version. Like, why would we even go there? Exactly. Um, but who knows? Now that other people are doing it, you know, they might. Uh, all right. I don't think so. I don't think the money's going to be there for that. Maybe not. They prioritize ease of use for this. It's very true. Yeah. And it, it's, you're, you're not going to have, I mean, I'm telling you, man. I think the SX is a nice little piece of hardware for what it is, and you're not going to get that same kind of quality or finish on a chip. Yeah. Especially something that small that's going to fit know, without bulging. <laughs> Anyways, um, do we have a whole lot more to speak on this whole topic? I think we... I have said my piece. Yeah, same. All right, well... Here's to hopefully them continuing to produce more original software. You know, if they're going to be around, <laughs> I hope that they continue to make new. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Um, I, I really do. If they're going to be around, they're going to continue this fight. I hope that they come out with more original features. Um, we'll see. You know, even if they don't release their code, some features can be uh, copied just, you know, by like, you know, by, by ear, if you will. Right. You mm -hmm. see something, you can be like, I, I bet I know how they did that. And then. You know, we get the open source alternative. I mean, so far the originality they have is the XCI loader and the brick code. So, well, the brick code, no, they didn't. Even, <laughs> no brick code, well, okay, please. Okay, okay. No, I was going to say that the idea is not original. Yeah. But I'm sure the code was original on there. Right. So. Oh well. So we're we're done with the. Well, actually, wait, thing. real quick. What? It wasn't oh. original. 
because I had seen comments. Uh, I can't remember by oh. who, but they were like, "This is like the exact same like style oh, of thing for Gateway." Even... <laughs> Gateway when they did I their. I tried brick to throw code. them a bone on this. I tried to no. say that their brick code was original, but you're telling me it no. wasn't. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to fry oh some God. conspiracy bacon, but I actually I should have gotten these links. Uh, looking back in my uh, saved <laughs> links, I didn't have any of this, but I've seen multiple people be like. This is a very similar thing that Gateway did. And this is like kind of a similar pattern, like when they're Come breaking on. down. No, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. No, I believe you. And I think I've seen that too jog my memory, but. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't mean to fry bacon. Yeah. But even Lily's wondering what the hell's going on. It's, uh, that's really interesting. I'd, it'd be really interesting if there was some kind of a connection that came out of that uh, sometime in the future. But I don't know anything official yet. I don't think anybody has any real, real ties between Gateway and uh, Team Mexico. We don't know. But it's pretty interesting. So. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, are we, did we beat up the Switch topic enough for this month? We did. We did. All right. Well, I, I guess we can move on to Let's other consoles. Let's switch into Vita. <laughs> I think I seriously think we just need to go Nintendo chat from now on. I mean, just sure. like, call it good. We've got enough content, obviously. We do. We do. No, I'm just joking. I love talking <laughs> about all these consoles. All right. So who wants to take this one? I don't know. You, well, you were just playing with your Switch, but... MVG, if you want to take it, I'd go for it. Well, I want to know how do you pronounce? Is it Hencore? Because I got so I did a, <laughs> I, I did a video on on the Vita recently, a couple of weeks ago, and I got called out for calling it Hencore, and everyone's like, "That's not the way you say it." So I I pronounce it H Encore. So we had this talk actually already, <laughs> literally when uh, we were doing our little hacking party, your little party. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had brought that up because I said Hencore. And you made a point that, like, I think you might be right. You know, this is like his encore, like the encore to him, right? Brew enabler, it's just Kaku. yeah. When you when you make puns off that stuff, I think you know it just sometimes it doesn't translate as well through the internet. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, or translates better on the internet when you just don't pronounce things. When you start to speak these things, yeah, it becomes a little more botched. But I think you're right. I just hate not saying hen when I know that's what. Part of you could just use use it interchangeably, but no, to pronounce it, I would say H Encore is the proper way. Cool. Yeah, I got some I got some comments, man, that people weren't happy with the way I was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, pronouncing things like this. I listen to some Linux podcasts, and like that is probably like the top comments in like every podcast I listen to. Is you, you don't pronounce it this way. You didn't pronounce this program this right this way. This distro, this whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, nerds will be nerds. Nerds will be nerds. Yeah. But not to get too deep into the weeds of the actual name, there's some pretty cool stuff going on here. There is. Some stuff that we've been talking about for a while. There is, yes. So who's, who's am I taking this or what's happening? Go ahead. I don't know. Okay. okay you you were the one who was messing with it. You, fine. It's fresh fine. on yeah. and, and the reason why I, I want you to do it is because uh, although I do have a Vita that's on 361 that I, I, I want to upgrade to 365 and perform mm -hmm. this, the only other V that I have is a 360. So technically, I, I haven't actually tried the new gotcha. H okay. Encore exploit. So mm. I don't really know the ins and outs of it. So sure, yeah, sure. It so so yeah, um, you you ratted yourself out on Twitter. Okay, yeah. So I guess I'm the only one who's done this then. Dang. Okay. <laughs> so no. So the long tease exploit that was originally supposed to come out by the flow, which was going to be. Uh, it was supposed to come out end of life cycle for the yeah. beta, and then it was supposed to come out in November, and then it came out July 1st. Uh, we end up getting it. Right now, it works on all PSTVs, all Vitas, uh, regardless of the firmware, because the highest firmware out right now is 3.68. So the main thing is, if you're on firmware 3.65, 
you can still get PSN access and you can do the permanent patch using Enzo. That means just you turn on your Vita and on boot, you have for custom firmware on boot right out of the box, which is what I have. If you're on anything higher, you have to load a payload each time. Uh, now it works well. The only thing is the install is not nearly as easily as as easy as what we had on 3.6. Like MVG just did a fantastic video on it pretty recently. And with yours, you showed like going like Hinkaku.xyz and pressing the install button and it brought in molecular shell. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, th so that was the method before. So now to do it this time around, essentially you end up needing to take a package file of a free game or a demo of some kind. I use just use the auto installer, uh, but you need to use that and you need to use the open source version of the content management system called QMCA. So you need to have all that set up. And if you download the auto installer, which is available on vita.hacks.guide, which is fantastic for that, the main reason why I say it's harder is because one, you have to use that content manager and two, the, the Vita's USB drivers are shit. So I didn't get this thing to work <laughs> over USB. I had to do this over Wi-Fi. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And then from there, you have to sign into a PSN account. So thankfully on 3.65, we can still spoof and get out the PSN. But either way, the process I took is you end up downloading a few programs. You mainly get the Bitter Smile. That's the game that everyone's using, the Bitter Smile demo. And you end up repackaging it with uh, the Hinkaku stuff in there. So then once you do that, uh, you end up having to transfer everything over to your Vita and then you end up loading the H Encore. And you then from there install Hinkaku. You're able to launch it. You're able to do a few other things. And then from there at that point, it's more just if you don't have the permanent version, which would be on 3.67 or 3.68, you'd have to load up the H Encore app every single time on boot. Gotcha. Uh, if you have 3.65, you can load up Enzo. After 3.65, um, the Enzo exploit, Enzo exploit was patched, so that's why you can't do permanent. Uh, but either way, once you get everything up and running, um, you're good to go at that point. Like at this point, I have um, SD Davida. I got that properly set up. Uh, I got a drill in on there, which is unlocking the full PSP emulator um, now as well too. Uh, one thing I like is instead of Molecular Shell, it ends up installing. Well, it's highly recommended to install Vita Shell, and I think that's even the option H Encore. Nice. So. Vita Shell is just a better version of Molecular, molecular shell. shell. Yeah, 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 and it allows you. One big thing is it allows you to have uh, USB support as well too. So now at this point, one thing I absolutely love is now after the Vita is modded, you can launch Vita Shell and enable USB, and then plug your system into your computer and transfer files to and from it like we could on the PSP. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think that is fantastic. And I just I have such an appreciation for stuff like this, which this has been a culmination of the past two years. Like the exploit itself is new. But we took this system that I love the Vita as is. I love the Vita. But it was so locked down because of what happened to the PSP with all the modding and all the craziness that happened there. So they dialed up the security settings to 11 to the point where, you know, we had proprietary storage. We couldn't just we had to use the, the, the content manager for all that stuff. And then when you mod your system, you can bypass all of that and have it work just as well or even better than before. For sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I've only really gotten into the into the Vita. I've had my PSTV sitting in my, you know, closet for like two <laughs> years. Yeah, I mean, this is a familiar story, right? Everyone's 
has the same experience. We're all excited when the PSTV came out. We got one. We're like, oh, my God, this is a piece of garbage. And he just kind of tossed it. I feel, no, that's that's awesome. I I definitely want to take a look at the the 365, the HN core uh, exploit that's out there. And I I will take a look at it. I've got a uh, a 361 V that I'm going to uh, install it on and play around with it for sure. Right on, right on. Yeah, I think now, honestly, this is the Vita is a prime example to me of what mods should be able to do with the console. Um, just increase the functionality, allow some stuff that should be common sense on there as well, too. Even we have other things like you can, there, there's one custom firmware, you can drop in whatever drivers you want to through the tie engine. So yeah. that's how you have that flexibility with it. So we don't have 20 custom firmwares, we have one custom firmware and you customize it to your liking. Um, but to this, I, I just had a dumb smile when thinking about this, but when you do all these mods to the Vita, to me, it becomes the true successor to the PSP2. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like, if I'm just like, yeah, this is this is what I envision a PSP2 should be in terms of the functionality, the acts, we have everything. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And PS Vita is not something that I've gotten into yet. Um, I'm probably not going to get into it soon, but it is really nice to see all this. And even you were, of course, teasing me with a couple pictures and stuff like that, and even showing me stuff when we're going to have our little party. And um, Oh, yeah. yeah today it definitely... I, I, sh- I showed him a picture of the recovery menu from the PSP show- yeah. on the PS Vita. I, mean, like, I just see that. I was like, ah, I get excited. Yeah, even just that font and the way that looks like totally <laughs> sends back some wicked memories. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the oh, fact that that the you know now that we're past three six zero that the prices on eBay have kind of gone a little, little more less crazy. And you know my advice to you um, there is wait for an eBay kind of twenty five dollars off a hundred dollar code and just pick one up. I mean they are so much. They were set. I, I think the thing. Got one. I think the thing initially was over a hundred dollars, and I've seen it go like the lowest was like twenty dollars, brand yep. new. Twenty bucks at Target, twenty bucks at Walmart. That was, yeah. wow. They couldn't give them away. Yeah, so I think I picked I up even, my first one for I don't like. Think I ever noticed that. I well, I not that many people did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but fair enough. <laughs> I think I picked up my first one for like. 50 bucks and my second one i got for maybe 20 or 30 um but i looked the other day on ebay cheapest complete one i could find was brand new 85 bucks yeah because they're useful now yeah because that that was like that for for the past two years that was a somewhat well-kept secret it was like hey you should get a pstv on a low firmware and then install permanent hinkaku on it and then you can access your ps1 games your psp games a lot of ps vita games a lot of homebrew yeah. yeah, and the other thing that the TV gives you is the ability to um, obviously with uh, a splitter is to capture and stream as well. That that's pretty big too, which is awesome. That that stuff works really well. Yes, I actually I did test because I'm I'm going to do some Vita videos here soon. Um, but I did tell my splitter does work for that, so awesome. we can get some clean captures here soon. Good stuff. And you know, one thing I will say is I looked at prices before I dropped my video because I, you know, it's ridiculous before I dropped my video. So <laughs> I, I, I looked at PSTV prices. I'm like, 120 bucks, 110. I'm like, what the? Ooh. This is ridiculous. So, James just said in chat, GameStop has them used for 30 bucks. Ooh, I'll get, I'll jump on that. You James. heard it here, all. You yeah. heard it here. I, I buy them all up right now. See, if there's any ones that are. Yeah, yeah, dude. Look, look for one. Yeah. Oh man! Well, while that's going on, confirmed. I, yeah, refurbished thirty bucks. Wait, really? Pre-owned thirty bucks. Oh, I'd, 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 I'd get one for that price. 
Yeah, I guess it's a pickup at store and check availability, though, from what I see. So you kind of have to get lucky and find one in your area. That's what I was kind of wondering, right? Yeah. Let's see. No. Yeah, of course they're all gone. Of <laughs> right. course they're all gone. Sold out or whatever, or just, you know, you can't check it online. Look in your area, though. Anyone watching, look yeah. in your area. Yeah, if you can yeah. find one for cheap, get one. It's totally worth 30 bucks. Absolutely. Cool. And yeah. then the other thing, you know, we, we haven't talked about, which has been around for a while. It's, it's not new as the whitelisting stuff. So you can play any Vita game on the TV, which is which is so cool. I was going to say, correction, you can boot any Vita game. <laughs> well, that's true. You can boot any Vita game. Whether you can actually play them, depending on the emulator. Like Windjammers is a great example. I mean, you can play Windjammers. You don't need touch controls to play Windjammers. I mean, it's just one of those one of those games. There's right. a lot of those that are out there that, that just don't work on the TV. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll try and invest in this at some point because those are killer prices. Yes. And even if it's something that I just get and shelve for a, a rainy day, you know. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good PS Vita or P, uh, you know, things that you can do with the PS TV officially. But like, I don't think I'd worry about having like a couple of those. You know what I mean? Even if I could just get one, I think I could do a lot of really cool stuff with it. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I highly recommend it. More the Vita than the PS TV, but that's also just me. I, I sure, like I mean, handheld. if you had kind of a choice of both, I, I'd get the Vita. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a cool, cool handheld to have. Yeah. Well, and yeah, uh, PSP was definitely my favorite console of the mod all time. Much of it is nostalgia. I'm and telling you, man, PSP 2. Yeah, seeing all that it. stuff on the TV isn't going to make me feel the same way. Yeah. So I'm all, I'm all on board for the, the Vita if I can get one. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of Vita stuff, I can I can grab this one real quick. But sure. this is so there's been several dumpers that have been made for the Vita. Um now some of them were deprecated. This was vitamin and my dump. Mm-hmm. So the standard was um PSVSD or something like that, where it dumped the full cartridge. Um and when then, I remember that there was a discussion that we had about like what you should people should start dumping them in this format yes. because of archival purposes, because yes. it retains much more data, even if it's not as common of a backup loading yep. format. At the so there's two that we have for cartridges. They recommend like the PSV format, I believe. Uh and then for playing or just digital only titles or getting DLC updates and such, it was no NPDRM. So that's the two that we've been messing with. Uh but it looks like Let My Die was teased and it's supposed to be the ex- the successor to my dump. So we have that that's supposed to be coming out. It looks like there's a few developers that are working on this. Um, it looks like it is a glass blue and dot TB. Uh, and for some of the details on this, we have the dumper will be using no NPDRM dumps as a base and a compatibility pack to make games work on lower firmwares. The compatibility pack, which will be generated by this game dumper, will include decrypted modules and a decrypted eboot. The compatibility pack will be applied by DotsTB's Repatch, a plugin by DotsTB that allows you to mod encrypted games. So there's a few other things that are on here as well, too. Um, it allows for extra modding and such. But the main benefit for this is right now with the current Vita setup, uh, if you, there's a game you want that requires a higher firmware, there are ways to dump them, but you still have to be on that higher firmware. So, for example, if you're on 3.6 and you want to play a game, um, Undertale, for example, this came out later, you cannot play Undertale on a 3.6 console. 
But with things such as this, as long as you have a exploited system, so it's on 3.6, 3.65, 3.67, you can play a higher firmware game on any console as long as you have it exploitable. Mm-hmm. So that's the main drawback as to, well, that's the main benefit here as to why this is exciting. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's pretty also, awesome. Also want to point out here a little bit into the article under the what is let my die section. Um, don't know if Wololo has any uh, citations for this, but he does say that it isn't actually called let my die, but it's kind of just a hashtag that we yep. use to kind of hype this up and kind of make a, a point, I think. Right. Yes. So we'll see what it actually comes out to be. Maybe with all this talk, maybe they'll just release it under that name anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to, to get this out because that kind of stuff always is super cool. Um, you know, obviously if there was something that needed 3.68, you could probably update and hack your console again, but you have downsides like not being able to use Enzo. Exactly. Uh, so this would be really nice for that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see. So good stuff here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good time to have a Vita. Get a it Vita. is. It's starting sure. to oh, <laughs> starting to make me envious. I'm not going to lie here. It's a good Got system, me man. <laughs> I was happy with my Switch, okay? Took long enough to get into that. And now, uh, mm-hmm. mod debt. Mod yep. debt. Hashtag mod debt. Yeah. <laughs> we all have it, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. So it looks like we're done with the Vita stuff, but... We have a we have an Xbox 360 related thing on here. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really uh, ever think that I'd be talking about something that's new. Same. So MVG, you want to take this one? Yeah. So I looked at this the other day, and <laughs> I guess this is a new uh, chip uh, glitch uh, chip that, that's come out called the X360 Ace, and I guess this is the the um, uh, the Corona version that that's coming out. It's easy installation, the fastest uh, uh, rebooting that they have. I, I think they claim up to uh, or up to fifteen seconds or so, or thirteen seconds, where they mm-hmm. can boot into your into your dashboard. This is a, this is interesting in in many ways because it's just 2018. It's, we're getting yeah, a new chip, and this is the V4 specifically. This has been around for a while, but this is the version four that's being right. updated in 2018. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, I want to. I'm, I'm almost tempted to pick one of these up and just kind of install one and, and see how well it works. But it, it is interesting that they are bringing these things out in 2018 when you know well well, well and truly past the. The, the most popular time in, in in the 360s life cycle but uh, it's interesting i mean obviously they 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 have some good stuff that they want to bring to the table and this could be an interesting uh solution for uh, people that have the uh, the corona so what do you guys think for about sure. this one well uh one thing that i was kind of curious about is the v4 the one that they're actually talking about or are they coming up with a new revision to the v4 no the v4 is the one the v3 has been around for a while and then apparently there's the v3 pro which i don't think i've touched that one i've installed a couple x360 ace v3s um but i haven't heard of the v3 pro myself so no it's the v4 again i just had to put this on here because uh it's a new chip in 2018 what Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I guess I guess there's still a a, th- a very popular 360 modding scene out there. You know, it's, there is. Why why would you in, invest? And I know we kind of talked about the price of manufacturing boards being so cheap these days, but 
why would you invest the time and, and, and resources into something like this if you didn't think there'd be some type of return on investment? So yeah. obviously they, they feel like there's a market here and you know they're going after it and, and good it's, for them. I, I love the 360. I mean, I, I love seeing things come out for it. So hopefully this will be a good solution. I'm sure it yeah. will be. Especially one thing I wanted to touch up on as well too is so if you compare this, the way it works, well, the way it looks to the X360 Ace V3, as you can see, it, it's a lot easier to look at. It's it's really cleaned up. Like the board itself is actually cleaned up. So I'm sure they did that as well too because the X360 Ace V3 is a good chip. Um, but also this one here, it's available on NH Game and it's only $6. This is a legitimate one. So there's, there's a few things I've noticed. First of all, it's a very cheap chip. And I'm sure they were doing this because one, it's it's always been cheap, but two, uh, to kind of bypass or to kind of get people away from the people who were cloning, like the sellers who were cloning this. Yeah. Uh, because for a while, there's been a lot of clone V3s out there. And they were good at first. And then there's a lot of them that just don't work worth shit. So I think they put this one out. And even to further back that up, Again, in 2018, they started even doing a team executor thing. Look at this. Like since June 1st, 2018, they now have a site where you can go to where you can end up uh, taking your, like each chip now is supposed to come with an ID and you can look up that uh, that individual serial number or the ID on the site and verify that you got a legitimate chip. And this is again for, for a $6 product. Mm -hmm. So I think they're really just, they're, they're putting this out here. We probably saw they could approve on it a little bit, but I almost feel like they were seeing a little bit of a downturn in revenue because there were so many cloners out there right and if it's cheap enough and easy enough to continue operation and just make modifications then it literally may be more worth it to you know keep that and keep the business going than to just you know cave in exactly and they do here on their home page that you mentioned they do have like a number of revisions here right so on their homepage, it says the AX360 Ace V4 features clock uh, synchronization system. So I'm not sure if there were issues on that or if you guys I know. think just improvements. Right. So improved codes, so I'm sure optimizing things, making things more efficient, the you know startup time faster, stuff like that. Tighter circuit layout to give cleaner signal performance. Uh, no more solder bridges required. EMC analysis by ANSYS. Not sure what that is personally. Um, good electric component um so <laughs> i guess maybe they improved on the actual materials um supports chrono v1 through v6 and supports trinity um did this support the trinity consoles before yeah so yeah uh, no this is standard. this is just there's nothing new in this right. one it's just improved and cleaned up yep yeah so um there's got to be a market here you know yes. there still has to be a very viable 360 market for them to to you know come out with this and, and do this otherwise what would be the point? So, which is awesome, you know. I love the 360. So let, let's keep it going as long as we can. For sure. sure. I mean, even though these other ones are like not this, but like the other chips I'm about to mention are clones. Like you can still buy like Aladdin chips for the Xbox. You can still buy Mukbo chips for the PS2. Uh, so mm -hmm. they're out there. They're still available. Yep, and if you can have like a you know, be able to produce a, an appropriate amount with low enough costs, you know, you could keep that business going yeah. for many many years. For sure. Oh, man. All right. So Xbox 360 stuff. Talk about it in 2018. I, I love it. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're done talking about some old stuff. We're not. No, we are it's not. pretty cool. Yeah. This is the rest of this is all old stuff now, which is pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't mind this trend. Yeah. So next up on the list, we have something called Ruiner. 
or is it GDEMU? GDEMU. The post was called Ruiner. Okay. So GDEMU, which is, um, I'm not really actually sure what this is. <laughs> I didn't really get to look into this too much. Oh, um, it, but it's something new for the Dreamcast. Essentially. GD, GDEMU is a uh, SD card kind of ISO uh, op optical drive emulator solution for the Dreamcast where it basically replaces the, the GD-ROM drive with a um, you know, bootable uh, solution from SD card. We take orders up to you know 20 people then build them and there'd be a waiting list of wanted. But as as always the case with these types of things, this particular product has been cloned. And mm -hmm. he's kind of addressing the concerns of the clones that have come out in his his WordPress blog and really talked about where the where he made mistakes and what he's going to do moving forward to address them. And you know, my, my opinion is, and Mr. Murray, I'm sure you have your thoughts. My opinion here is sure. I kind of feel for the guy, you know, I really do. I mean, he obviously put a lot of work into coming up with this solution. He busted his ass to do it. And he admits that he didn't put the appropriate security measures in place to, to stop this from happening. And, and maybe, maybe any type of security may not have been enough for this, this to stop happening, but he, he kind of admitted what he did wrong and, and what he's going to do going forward. And I know he's working on a similar one for the PC engine, I think, or uh, another console, but I kind of feel for the guy. I mean, he's obviously really been affected by it, but I th he also turns around and says, there's really nothing I can do about it. You know, just, just stick with my, my product and don't buy the clones. And if you don't, if you do talk about the clones to me or on my blog, I'm just going to block you because I don't really want it. I don't want you to be talking about it on, on my website, which I can totally respect. So I kind of do feel for the guy but I don't really know what he can do about it because I mean, the cat's out of the bag, you know, he could probably come out with a new revision. If he's got some additional functionality that he's wanting to bring to the table, which he will probably utilize additional security to protect. But I also feel like, you know, it's time to kind of move on to the next product because you know, the damage is already done here. Yeah, and further down in his blog post here, it says that he's um, using more expensive parts. He's experimenting with clone-resistant code, new ideas. And so um, he even says that this new menu software he's developing is ready, but it's not going to go into the firmware anytime sooner because he doesn't have some of this stuff ready. So mm -hmm. he's kind of like, which kind of stinks for the end user if he's got some new features, if really the main concern is to... Uh, how to handle these clones before he actually gets that in their hands. You know, that's kind of a bummer, but I totally understand why he's doing it. Yeah. And, and uh, sorry, I just want to say one more thing. That's I fine, mean, he, uh, if you read the comments and he kind of addresses this in his blog, that not all the comments were positive towards him. You know, he was kind of saying how people were attacking him because, you know, it took him too long to get this product out. So people were kind of attacking him for that. And, you know, he was kind of, it wasn't all, you know, unanimously with him. There was a lot of backlash against him. And I, I, do, I do feel for the guy. I mean, he's, he's trying to make everyone happy, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really not working for him. So, you know, I, I think hopefully, you know, he'll learn from this and I, I'm sure he will. And whatever he comes out with next will be a, a lot better and a lot more secure and, and will will help him make some money. Cause I mean, you know, this guy deserves to, to get money from, from what he's done. He's he spent countless hours building this product. So he deserves to get paid for it for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the thing that I observed is, and he was trying to 
he was trying to defend this, but a lot of people, just countless people have complained about the availability of this, which I kind of hinted at a little earlier, where there's people who have said, hey, I've been trying to pay you for a year to get one of these, and you don't have a proper setup to get these. Um, this could be done with, you know, if he worked with someone like Stone Age Gamer yep. and they were producing these in mass. He doesn't want to do that, though, because it's his product. It's his baby. He wants to build them himself. However, he's also building them with off the shelf parts. Eventually got to China. It got um, it, it got reversed. Yep. And now they're using one. You can't update the firmware on it. Whatever firmware is on there, you cannot update it or else it will brick. But the point is, it works. And it's readily available. And that's also what a lot of people have said too. They're like, look, we, we want to support you, but there's no easy way to purchase this. He tried to kind of combat this by saying, look, you know, the world is round. There's there's different time zones for people. That I, I don't really agree with. I mean, yes, there's different time zones and such. But it's like, if, if wherever I'm living, the only place I can, the only time I can get this is inconvenient, like I'm at work where I don't have internet access or I'm asleep because I have to work in the morning, whatever it is, um, it's more just an accessibility thing there. Um, there's even been some people reporting where there's been sellers on eBay who've had no issue getting a hold of these and reselling them for four or $500 because yep. that's kind of where it goes to. So the main realistic ways of doing this, are of, of getting a hold of one without waiting for this guy are either completely paying, well, one, get very, very lucky if you're able to get to him on time and order, uh, two, uh, pay a scalper on eBay, or three, get one from China yep. and get it in a few weeks. So it, it's more... <sighs> I don't think he wants to, he doesn't want to release his creative control. He doesn't want to release his manufacturing. He, he wants to do everything himself. He wants to test everything. I understand that, but like it, it's already been put, like my, the way I'm looking at it is it's already out there. It's been cloned. You have a manufacturing facility somewhere in China that's making these. People want them. People do want to pay you. Work with someone like Stone Age Gamer or another place where they will legitimately be able to help you out. They'll be able to produce these in mass and they'll be able to, help get more of them out to the help get more of them out to the public for sure legit ones not yeah. clone ones i mean to me it sounds like you know he's trying to control everything and yeah i mean the guy needs some some a pr person right to, to really address <laughs> a lot of these things you know whether that's someone these things you know whether that's someone he knows or whatever i mean he, with so many different things going on and i think it's just really what future holds for him yeah, because at this point now, it's unfair. It is one guy working on them by himself, doing everything, as you yep. said, versus a Chinese manufacturing plant. Both of them are producing a product that works. Both of them are producing the same thing. One of them is just more updated than the other. Yep. But are people going to – if you tell someone, hey, you can have this right now for like $50 cheaper, and it works pretty well, but you just can't ever update it, most people would be okay with that. Yeah, it's like the EverDrives. I mean, you talked about um, Stone Age Gamer. You know, the the the, the Chinese Super EverDrive, Super Nintendo, that's more than half or less than half the price of the kind of the normal one, and it works. I mean, it it it, it takes a lot longer to, to flash the the ROM and and boot up, but it does the same thing that a normal Super EverDrive does, and it's the same same concept. Yeah. Although I will say that the nice thing with that is you have a lot of people still buying the legit EverDrives because yeah. they are readily available. For sure. Yeah. 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 Sad times. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a bummer. Um, this is, again, kind of where I fall into the category of like, I'm not surprised, but maybe disappointed. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it was bound to up, happen. Partner up with someone. Partner up with Stone Age Gamer or, I mean, hell, partner up with Team Executor. I mean, anyone, <laughs> any, anyone, people that, that know how to, how to market these and, and how to produce these and mass produce these things, you know, um, they, can, they can definitely help with, with this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll lead into your, into your margins a little bit, but if you're producing more of these things and more people getting their hands on them, you're going to be making more money anyway. So just, you know, roll the dice a little bit. Exactly. Someone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And again, even the playing field right now, I mean, like he's going to do what he's going to do, but it's one person versus a company, yeah. like versus a manufacturing plant. But I also can get it. If this thing is truly a hobby for you, you you know, he may be taking this from a selfish angle. Not that it's a bad thing, right? But it's like, man, if I partner up with these people, it's going to be a whole lot more rig- rigmarole. Maybe he doesn't care about making more money. Maybe he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, can, I still can understand being offended and wanting to go through this. So I, I see both sides, right? You know, when you start partnering up with that, it becomes way more of a business with contracts with you know i don't know just lots more communication um yep. and things start to become out of your control and if you're like dude i'm not trying to make more money i'm fine where i'm at that's mm. a tough one mm-hmm. yeah, and, you, and you could be right i mean it, it, his motivation may not be to you know make as much money as he can his motivation just may be to have this awesome product but he doesn't really care as much about how much money he makes on it and that's a valid valid argument for sure Right. Well, I hope things get better. I hope that he finds a solution one way or another or peace in this. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, he's, he's talking about a PC engine equivalent of the same product, which surprises me a little bit because there's already one that's out there, which is the uh, super SD system three, which is, does exactly what I think he's talking about doing. And maybe he's coming out with something that's cheaper and maybe works better. I'm not sure, but he's already, you know, thinking about the, the next thing he wants to do, which has already been done. So I, I, I wonder, I'm curious to see what what's next for him. And I'll definitely keep an eye on that one for sure. Right on. Yeah, no, I know he is. Well, it, it's just, you know, having competition, multiple, multiple ways of doing the same thing. He also has some stuff for the, the, uh, the Saturn as well too. Yep. So yeah, we'll see either way. Now we're actually, uh, we're getting that for our last two topics. We're actually talking about some, uh, specific games here. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I have to ask you all, did, did either of you play aliens, colonial Marines? Didn't know what it was. I, I played it for about, an hour, two hours, maybe. I thought it was kind of cool at the beginning, and then it just kind of turned to shit pretty quickly. And I was like, I'm done, <laughs> done with this game. Man, I didn't even like the beginning. Like for for anyone who hasn't played this, this game is bad. Well, it's, when, it's bad. When I booted it up, I heard this game was so bad it was like one of the worst games ever made. And when I started playing, I'm like, this isn't that bad. I mean, I've played a lot worse than this. But to your point, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Honestly. I I remember I played it without. Here's the thing: like I just knew Aliens. I saw. I was like, oh, okay, like this seems like a cool game. All right, and I tried it out, and like before even checking out reviews or anything, I was like, this game is not good, like at all. Yep. It doesn't look good. It doesn't play well. I'm not engaged with it. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And even I re- I revisited the game a little bit later, and it was still bad. Give <laughs> <But laughs> it a I, fair second chance. Yeah, but here's the thing. Me, myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm not invested with Aliens or the Alien series at all. But for example, like I played um, Alien Isolation. I didn't play through all of it, but I did play it. I thought that game was really cool. Um, yep. So I, it just the game itself was not good, but 
the, the game, again, as I said, like Colonial Marines, it didn't look good because apparently this was in works from the P it was originally like a PS2 title and then it came out years and years and years later. But either way, some mods seem to have fixed this. Now, th this is all from a article that was on Ars Technica. And apparently, let me pull this up here. So apparently, just imagine this. There was uh, now the AI is not the only thing that ruined the game. Okay. It's not like if you do this, it's going to magically fix things. It will make the game better. But one of the big criticisms was the AI being horrible. Now, apparently, this was all caused with a misspelling where in one piece of code, I believe there's a INI file. Yes, there's a pecanengine.ini file. It's supposed to reference a tether system, but it was spelled teether in there. And because of that, you had the messed up AI, but you literally, you remove that A and save the file and try and reboot the game. And all of a sudden the game's AI is pretty good and it's doing different things and it's working well enough. And the sad thing is right now, if you download the game as is from uh, either from the, for PS3 or for Xbox 360 or on PC, the stock game is still messed up. This little typo was never fixed. This was fixed through mods on the PC version. And that's kind of where this all came into play. You can mod it to be a okay game, but this little thing right here, and this is, mind you, the AI was one of the things that was criticized so harshly in this game. And it was all caused because of teether instead of tether. Yeah. right and honestly like i get if this game didn't sell super well you know it maybe it didn't mention but how is it that these developers got through this and didn't realize how I don't know. weird i don't know and honestly like this is a serious thing for all you software developers out there or maybe people who want to be software developers write some automated tests make sure that this stuff gets like tested well <laughs> you know i mean just we we have ways of getting around this there's no excuse why this should have gone this long without being figured out by anyone. Mm -hmm. um, There's a follow-up to this. Uh, I, I sent you guys a link. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the, I don't know if this is real, but so Gearbox Software posted a job posting about a programming copy editor and the responsibilities is to review all code. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And there's an actual website for this. Well, Professional <laughs> code reviewer. <laughs> Yeah, no, even if it's not real, that's hilarious. Oh my god, yeah, no, it's there. It's there, yeah. Programming full time. Hold on. I'm I'm gonna pull this up on here as well. Real too. are you serious? Yeah, no, yeah. it's on it's on their website. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I I think I honestly think that it's a joke, but still sure. it's amazing that they actually like I'm I'm showing you all right here. Look around. Gearbox software. That's the actual site. It's right here. Can we apply for the job? Yeah, you can apply you can, for the job yeah. and everything. Yeah. I, I do really great at code reviews. I mean, I that's that's all I need to do all day. Actually, oh, that probably would be a pretty unstimulating job. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. It's it's in Frisco, Texas. It's programming. Employment type is full time, and minimum experience you have to be experienced. <laughs> yeah, I saw that today. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, it's cool that they. That's they're amazing. Kind of, I didn't even poking, know about that. Yeah, I I I was going to send it to you guys before, but they're just poking fun at their own, you know, misfortune. I guess. So, oh man, which is cool. That's great. What, what else can you do in that situation, you know? Well, right. And the, uh, most people who are going to be coming across this are people like us, I guess. So it's exactly not like this is going mainstream. It's, just, it's, like it, it's, it's memers and such. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but 
I just I want them to be proven wrong, but it seems like the only thing Gearbox can do properly is Borderlands. It just oh, seems like anything <laughs> they touch that is not Borderlands is not yeah. good. Agree. Borderlands is great though. Yeah. Borderlands is if you <laughs> like that type. My problem is I, I'm not even gonna get into it. This no, yeah, we, sounds we, like a personal preference. We've been right? going on for like two hours. I'll talk about my my experience with Borderlands later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if we don't have very many questions. Yeah. But yeah. Um. With the way a lot of this AI stuff is, you're like kind of like uh, doing like natural language processing kind of stuff to an extent. So it sounds like it was just kind of literally trying to process this uh, this string of text that was misspelled. And it wasn't there. So <laughs> I mean, didn't know I, what I, to do with this word. I can tell you, you know, coming from a software development background, that sometimes you make some silly mistakes, or some silly mistake ends up in production code that you just, you know, face plant. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Now, I don't know if I've ever heard about anything like this before, but I can feel for in some way, you know, the the pain that they, that that this has caused them because I, I've seen some ridiculous things go through the production code in the last... Well, and I can definitely say that there's been a number of times where I've been in that situation and you go and write... Who, who wrote... Oh, crap. I wrote this like it two was years me. ago. Yeah, that, I've been at my job for too long now, and um, more of those are starting to crop up. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, oh, yeah. I, whew, I, I was very different a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot. That's good. That's a good. That's a silver lining. I've learned a lot. Yeah, but it's just hilarious that all those years later, you know, they they find this with, with aliens. You know, uh, um, and I think this mod was released in 2017, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not just it's not it's not just this. It is a comprehensive mod pack that changes and fixes a lot of things in the game. But this is just one of the very, very, very minor but major fixes. It fixes that typo. Mm -hmm. Attempts to make it decent. True that. True that. Well, it's good on the people for finding that and trying to give people anyone who may have actually really wanted to play this game or really enjoyed a better experience. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's a it technically is a win win, but it's it's really weird. It is. Everyone loses when you play uh, Aliens, Colonel Marines. I mean, there's nothing good that comes out of that game. <laughs> yeah. I cut, now seeing all this, I'm like, I want to try it again. Just one more time. I want to try it again. Third I want to see if, it's, if I can see any type of light and like this, this, this could have been good. This, this, this could have been good. <laughs> you won't, man. I mean, I, I, that's why I started playing it because when I got around to playing it, I, I heard that it was like the worst game ever. But mm -hmm. they had patched it so much that it was actually decent. But when I played it, I was like, "Yeah, this is not very good. I'm going <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm to move on." You know? Yeah, I know. When you get older, you you want to spend less time playing shitty games mm -hmm. for sure. I don't yeah. have a whole lot of time to spend, so yeah, I'm exactly, exactly. We do have one more topic, though. Who who wants to grab this one? I'll uh, definitely talk about it. Uh, all right, go for no, it. You go ahead, man. You go ahead. You got it. All right. So all right. first of all, uh, I'm sure we'll provide the link in the show notes, but oh my gosh, it's a massive write-up. So I have massive. Not, I've not gone through every ounce of this. In fact, I'm stayed very high level, but get the idea. And it's, it's really interesting. So um, it looks like we're talking about one of the animal crossing games on the GameCube. I did the only one. Was there only one? The That's only, what I was yeah, animal crossing. Okay. Or so, I, I guess, was it like, forest magical forest or something like that uh, I can't on, remember. in japan i don't remember what it was animal forest i, I think yeah so, i'm not exactly I don't know, sure something with a forest and it's animal crossing right 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 that's, <laughs> sorry i'm getting too technical Anyways. that's the main point so um 
I've never been a huge fan, but apparently in these games where you, you know you can like decorate your home and stuff like that, yeah. um, and you could get these NES consoles that had a game bundled in it, mm-hmm. so you could play Excite Bike, you could play other games, um, and honestly, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. What's the and I I kind of want to interject on this as well too. Sure. When I first heard about this, I was like, because they said they found a Nintendo emulator. I'm like, well, no shit, there was a Nintendo emulator. And then there was like there was a few games that you could uncover, you could unlock. Um, there was supposed to be more games that you could unlock. But no official way ever came to fruition, so you could end up modding your game with an action replay to unlock them. So I'm sitting there like, okay, we knew about this, so what's going on? What's so special about it? So now right. I'll transition it back to you because right. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like when you're when you're designing something like this, especially if you're Nintendo and you're like putting Nintendo games in there, is it going to be more effort to just like completely rebuild the game, or right. is it going to be like, oh, well, the NES? is super easy to emulate on low hardware and they can do it really well because they're Nintendo and they made it. Right. Um, so let's just pop the game on there. However, there was a really odd NES that was found where it didn't have any games with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically implied like, uh, I believe the message here, there's a screenshot that says, I want to play my NES, but I don't have any software. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like with some good old reverse engineering and a lot of technical uh, analysis here, found out that it was actually designed to be able to read games off the memory card itself, mm-hmm. actual ROMs. So um, I'm sure if you're interested, you can go through this huge article. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. People were able to break this down and were able to actually get test files and full games to load off of a memory card. Mm-hmm. I'm sure with a modded system and whatnot. This was, this was done on a emulator for the most part. Gotcha. But the guy was saying that you could replicate these same results on a actual GameCube. Do you know if it would be uh, like able to be done easily on stock? Uh, if you were able to... You'd have to have a way to transfer your, ga- your game right. saves to and from. You, you essentially need to modify your game saves. Right. And I think, I don't know, there was action replays for several consoles out there that oh, did yeah. this kind of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was one I mean, one you could even GameCube. use a soft modded Wii to transfer your files and such to sure from, so but the reality is i don't think it's going to be too hard to actually accomplish if you know what you're doing um i'm not sure how much it is do you know if the roms require a decent amount of modification i would definitely they, so exp- they they it do seems like it because like i'm looking like on screen right now for example when the guy just tried to load pinball it comes in all screwed up mm-hmm. so some of the games have issues some of them work perfectly the ones that do have issues he did some minor modifications and they worked perfectly like it's a really good nintendo emulator on mm-hmm. the GameCube. well yeah since nintendo is behind all of this it would almost be more effort in some ways to like make it worse right you know yeah. like if nintendo does it well and obviously nintendo has had a past with writing their own emulators with virtual console and all mm-hmm. kinds of things that typically work very very well yeah so i mean I didn't actually know about this in the game before um, these NES. I didn't know about the blank NES. I knew about the, the NES consoles that had a game on top and you could play that game. I knew about that, but I didn't know about the blank NES. Interesting. And it makes me wonder like how many more of these things are hidden throughout some of Nintendo stuff because they oh, yeah. really like their emulators, man. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool to see. I was thinking about that today when, when I was looking at this and I, I started reading through this article and like you guys said, there is a ton of information. I mean, it basically just walks you through exactly the process that he did to reverse, um, you know, the, the emulator. But to your point, back in those days with the GameCube, the microscope and, and take a look at what's under the hood because I think there's more emulators and, and more hidden games to be found for sure. 
Oh, there has to be. Yeah, because yeah. even so, even with those games, like the ones that you covered on the Xbox, for example, it's like, what did it matter to the end user? Because it, like, if, if their game closes and it relaunches into a different title, like, what does it matter as long as it works? Yep, for sure. And yeah, to your point, Nintendo's, they've always loved doing this type of stuff. And I think we'll find that there's more to come. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I mean, this stuff, it, I mean, it's like, it's almost like a geekception, right? Yeah. Like we're the people that really like emulators and all this stuff like that and think it's really cool to revive that. And then you see Nintendo doing it and you're like, whoa, you're a nerd too. <laughs> cool. Like, I mean, it's pretty sweet. And the fact that they do it so well also opens up the potential for other things. You know, normally it's not this easy to just drop in your own ROM, but like, you know, the virtual console has yeah. proved itself to be like really good for even just swapping out different ROMs and being like, look, we... I mean, they're almost giving us an emulator at that point. I, I still think my, my favorite thing is when somebody ended up dumping the Wii version of the virtual console Super Mario Bros and found out that it was a pirated ROM. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. You I didn't? Did. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, well, what do we get? Like, you, you have, I think the example I heard was like, you have an intern doing it. What's going to be easier, digging through the archives to find the ROM or actually dumping the ROM or just looking in Google and getting the ROM and putting it into this package and then leaving the office or at five. Worse yet, what if someone like accidentally deleted the master copy and they're like, oh, oh, God. Oh, 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 and then just went and downloaded it off the site <laughs> and put it back. Like, yeah. no one will notice. E even so, I remember the write-up for that, the guy who found it, he was like, well, look, okay, playing devil's advocate here. Like, th this... We prove this because there was a header in here. That header was known for that header was injected into pirated games that were dumped using this method. Could Nintendo have taken a cartridge and dumped it using that same header and then put it in there? Yes, they could have. What's the possibility of that? Probably very, very minimal because they are Nintendo. So they right. wouldn't need to get a third party dumper that would then put in external header information into their own game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys? Um, hear about do you remember the ironclad neo geo game that was a wii um virtual console no. game no. No. with the neo geo was yep. it when the super nintendo classic came out and that one was very public information like nintendo and all the developers who worked on it they're just like yes we're finally releasing this this is not the leaked version that's online this is the full fully fledged the one that was supposed mm -hmm. to come out the one that was supposed to be finished this is it i wonder how much work they actually had to do and i wonder if they had to dig out some old computers and like start developing on some old os i don't even like, think they really had to do, do much development i, I kind of doubt anything i mean i think there was some talk about how this was the final version that the final version that uh major at all mm -hmm. but it was still the final version by yeah. technical standards yeah by mm -hmm. technical standards absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's just, I'm sure we'll see plenty of stuff. Maybe we'll get an official release of Thrill Kill. <sighs> I'd love that. Although we pretty much have the final build. Yeah. Yet, but yeah. There's something I think to be said about when that actually does happen. It almost just like it's it's, part of you that just feels more complete. You're yes, like, wow. that is true. But it's also, I did revisit the game recently. I'm like, it's not very good, but I love it so much. <laughs> it's honestly not that good of a game. I never played it. I didn't hear about it until I talked to you. Gotcha. Well, glad it's I not could. that good of a game, but it's definitely an interesting piece of history. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether it should have been banned, 
I mean, I mean, I think at the time there was a lot of shit going on. Well, you know. well, technically it was never, and this is one thing I like to educate people on. Technically, it was never banned; it was just unreleased. And never the released. yeah, and the corporate speak that EA said because they canceled like two weeks prior to release, and they said, "Yeah, we don't believe that we should be releasing a game this violent into the public. We think that we should do the public a service and hold this game back." Gotcha. I don't know how that didn't get up the chain and till the very end of that but exactly. <laughs> like the game was done at that point so <laughs> some executive just like came across it like what's this that we've been developing it what? was kind of so it was kind of more corporate semantics because ea had ended up purchasing virgin interactive because virgin interactive had command and conquer and virgin interactive was going to be publishing throw kill so when they were buying the studio for command and conquer they also got throw kill and then they looked at it right before it was going to release, and they're like, oh, my, we, we certainly can't release this. <laughs> so, yeah, that no, they got involved sense. very late to the development of it. Gotcha. Yeah, so, someone in the chat saying, you know, Thrill Kill is only famous because it was banned or, or unreleased. And I agree with that. I mean, it definitely had Same. a lot of controversy. I remember really well when it was, when it was out at the time. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, That's we're it. done with topics, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a long episode. Yeah, we went on a lot longer than I expected, so we might have to do a shorter user Q and A on this. But this is the part where you all can dump questions into the chat if you are live here. If you're listening to the post recorded version of it, uh, my apologies on this for you not being able to show up or maybe not know about it or whatever it is. But we normally do this normally during the last like 15, 20, 30 minutes of the show where we'll just answer questions that are in the chat. So if anyone wants to drop those in, feel free. Mm -hmm. but yeah, fun times. I'm slightly tired and I need to pee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, me too on both accounts. <laughs> That's why I I'm did... also like, let's cut this short a little bit for bathroom breaks. Well, we wait for the first couple of questions to come in. I do want to comment on something which is hilarious. Sure. Um, Sick Nick 64 mentioned something about um, that's the reason why I'm in favor of modified consoles, not to pirate, but to reinstall games that are no longer downloadable, defunct or removed. Yes. Shop titles, which yep. has actually been an interesting yes. thought for me because with the switch um, for me, because with the switch, um, as you know, at least Mr. Mario, that I have gone in full on with digital downloads. Yeah. And even that is one thing that's actually thing I'm most scared of. I know that, I mean, the switch is busted wide open. I'm sure people are already archiving these things, right? Yeah. But it is like nerve wracking to even think like, man, I'm there's going to be a, a year where these, the shop is down. And if I want to redownload these, I'm probably not going to be able to officially, even mm -hmm. though I've bought all of my games, you know, that's just an interesting thing that I've personally come across recently, just because of this switch. I mean, my, my, de <laughs> my debate on it is this with people who are kind of ignorant and say, Oh, that's not going to happen. It's like, look, we've had, We've had games such as Scott Pilgrim versus the world get pulled. We've had plenty of other games that have gotten pulled. We have readily accessible games such as San Andreas that have been modified. So there's content that is missing from them because the, um, the licenses have gone awry. The physical versions are still okay, but you know that you have to get a physical copy of that game. So the digital copy is now different than what it was before. On top of that, this is also Nintendo. Nintendo is promising, saying they're going to keep this marketplace up. They're going to, well, maybe not that directly, but they're more saying you buy something on Switch, it's going to be on the Switch successors. I'm not going to believe that until I see it. It's because true. of Nintendo's track record, I will not believe that until I see it. There's no reason for me to have a Nintendo Switch account, a Nintendo.com account, a Nintendo Network ID, and they're all different. Well, and <laughs> also on top of that, um, we kind of got that promise with the virtual console too. 
like literally the last iteration of virtual console, they made a bigger promise of virtual console games going through the console, the console's lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually why they changed up. They're like, we're bringing back like basically like emulated games, but, but they it's not virtual. Yes. Console they've specifically said it's not virtual console. because that comes with a load of other promises that they apparently haven't been able to keep very well. Um, and I'm sure, you know, again, just like a fresh start, you know, maybe they're not, maybe, maybe that is their goal and they're, they're just trying to just completely have a fresh start. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. We've kind of seen some untrustworthy behavior. Oh yeah. I mean, if you read the fine, fine print on when you buy a game, what it really means, unfortunately, you know, it, it really basically just says you have a license to play this game, but whatever we really decide to do with this game in the future, if you have bought it digitally, it's kind of, we own this and we'll do whatever we want. And, you know, you, you hope that they make good on, on their commitment to, to keep things going with Nintendo at least. But it's it's always that risk you take when you do buy digitally. You know, I'm, I'm a physical guy. I mean, I I love a physical the box and everything. And and I know in this day and age, you don't get jack with with it. You you don't even get a manual. You know, you may get a small um, uh, flyer or something, but you don't really get anything else. And it does make it a little more difficult. You know, buying uh, physical in this day and age. Yeah, and honestly, I have actually heavily considered and will actually invest in buying duplicates of a lot of my games. Thankfully, I don't play a ton of games. I'm actually, I, I'm pretty minimal on what I do. I usually buy a game that I know I'm going to love, that I know I'm going to play the crap out of. Um, so I don't have a huge Switch library, but I am going to be buying more duplicates of my downloaded games. So especially now with our tools available that I can archive my games. Right. I do like having physical copies, yeah. but I can't deny that like, for me, a big part of it was like the switch is so convenient that literally switching a cartridge is like such a contrast and convenience, especially when I'm playing at my my seat that uh, this time around, I, I actually took the risk and I don't regret it actually currently, but I can't say I don't feel uneasy about it still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was going to say, so I stepped away for a moment while you were talking. It was because you, you were saying in VG, like you were talking about, like, you know, you, you like having your know, beautiful cover and everything. Here's a prime example of this. Look, look at how fucking beautiful th mm -hmm. this release of Sonic Mania Plus is. Like, they took this game. It was digital only. They, It was funny because they did. I didn't even know about this release. It came out uh, this week. I actually might get Tuesday. it. Tuesday. That was awesome. I'd highly recommend checking it out. Yeah. No, I I got the game digital. I so they did everything. They did the biggest tease because they essentially they released the game digitally, and there was the physical collector's edition, but it had the Sonic statue, it had a download code, it had mm -hmm. everything. They even made a manual for this game. So there was everything physical except for the game. But then for only $30, they have this. So it's like you have the giant box right here. It's glossy and everything. You have the nice packaging here. Okay, so like normal Switch game. You open it up. Depending on where you got it from, if you got it from the UK, it's going to be a Mega Drive insert. Since I have it here, I have a Genesis insert. It looks beautiful. And on top of that, I see, actually. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, please <laughs> go ahead. Look, I know you're being nice and pointing towards the camera. Look but. at this. They gave us an entire art book for this. This is 30 bucks. Look at how fucking beautiful this shit is. Look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm here, but it. and it, 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 it annoys me because I bought the game digitally, you know, uh, when it first came out and now I'm like, damn it, I gotta, I gotta get this. Cause you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. I want these companies to go back and embrace, you know, the physical media and another company that's really awesome at, you know, adding goodies onto just a regular retail copy of a game is, 
CD Projekt Red. If you ever bought The Witcher, yep. oh my god! I mean, you just get like you get all sorts of shit just with the retail version. And and I want more companies to start doing that because I think that can really help with you know retail sales of, of physical physical games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the my my favorite thing with what CD Projekt Red did because the they're they're so known for what they did with Witcher Three, where for example, with they said, yeah, we're not going to put DRM on this game because that's not really going to help. But if you if you have to pirate the game, sure. But like, cause they're they're from a company Poland. Like CD Projekt Red actually revolution like cut down revolutionized you no know, piracy there because prior to them coming in. Um, they had, and their story is fascinating, but prior to them coming in, everyone was pirating games. So they came in and said, we need to officially license these games. We need to translate them for our audience, but we also need to give our audience in our country a reason to purchase the game. And on top of that, even with all the content they put into there and all the DLC and everything, they kind of said they're like, they can't, they came out before and they said like, look, we're all gamers. Like, yeah, we develop and we spend a lot of time doing this, but we're gamers. We have bought $60 games and $40 DLC and felt ripped off. We do not want to do that to you all. Yep. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Someone, uh, Execution asked me a question in the chat. Do you see any sure. way of a new recent version of MAME coming to the OG Xbox? I know some people like BP, I'm assuming it means Britney Pears, CoinOps or Emmy Extras have done some updates to it. Uh, to answer that question, Executioner, I don't think so. I mean... MAME, as you know, as most people know, as more and more most people know, as more and more versions of MAME get released, it gets played games really well and, and it, it wasn't too kind of hacky. So to answer your question, there's not enough juice and I, I don't see that really happening. Now, I'd, like to, I'd like to. On that, is that is that because it was like less fluff, less overall header and such yeah. in those earlier builds? Yeah, the, there was there was one point in Mame's history, and I don't remember exactly when it was. It wasn't the the one point I released, but it was at some point where they and and that's always been like that, you know, for a long time. And unfortunately, you know, Mame, like I said, is is a very very accurate and very good emulator, but it gives up you know, the, the performance for that reason. And it, the MAME team don't really seem interested in that. You know, they've all, they've come out and made statements over the years. They say, you know, we're not really interested in, in making things as fast as possible. We want to provide the most accurate emulation that we can. And that's cool. I definitely respect that. But yeah, makes sense. And in <laughs> a way... Um, I've never messed with MAME. Neither have I, actually. <laughs> but and so, like, in a way, too, like, you know, sometimes more code does not always mean slower performance. True. Uh, you might not touch code that is, has been added in, but if they're, like you're saying, if there are more layers, some of it can be like to make things more modular, like you said, but you know, code lines of code take up CPU cycles. Mm -hmm. So if you're going down a code path that is now, you know, running through more code, it can definitely do that, even if it's for the better of the development, you know, and that that can happen when you begin to make things more modular, right? You can have like something really hard coded to do one function, but if you want to make it multi-purpose, you're probably going to wind up with more code for to sure. do so. Right. So I, I've got a question I can pick up here real quick. Uh, sure. David, how's uh, Devin doing on his one month video challenge? I'd say <laughs> I have six videos and it's seven months. Um, I did, and I think we talked about this last month. We did. Uh, I did miss May. Yes. And I put out two videos in June. So I'm still working on my video for July. So that should be out before the end of the month. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna, my, my definite end goal is to have uh, 12 videos in 12 months. Hopefully I don't miss another month. My goal is not to roll over anymore. 
mm-hmm. we're, we're continuing on. Um, how much I can do after that is still up in the air, but I'm definitely working through the challenge still. Right. I know we've, we've talked about this off air and you've said that, you know, like doing the video thing, it's not your passion. It's a little bit of a chore, but at the same time, you've also enjoyed it. You've mainly enjoyed the community. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's really and interaction. Fun, on yeah. It's been really fun to talk to people in the comments. It's been really fun to have, see people pop in and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's been fun to actually experiment with this. You know, I've, I dabbled in video editing very, very little in the past and something that I wanted to play around with to try. You know, I think I'm still going to be making videos. My YouTube channel will still exist. I just don't know about the frequency. Right. You know, there's going to be. Yeah, there's going to be things I want to get off my chest. And to be honest, I have like a list of topics that I could do for probably another year if I did it once a month. Um, but, you know, it's still there's effort involved and it isn't my main hobby. You know, I have a lot of other things I have going on and um, you know, it's been a nice experiment. It's been a great challenge and I'll keep going, but it's definitely not going to be something at least right now that I pursue in. It's not going to be something I try to make as like a side hustle. I'm not going to be really grinding and trying to, you know, uh, really go at it and get as many views and make my videos as polished as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of be riding that balance of like, what is fun and a good outlet for me? Um, and where can I push myself without making this too unenjoyable? Right. Push on. Okay. You got you to be having fun. You know, if it's, if it's definitely something that, that you enjoy and you want to continue with, you know, go for it. If it's, if it's something that may not be what you're interested in doing, then, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's uh, something that you want to just do, Less than you know, once a month, for example. Right, and I think we all know how the YouTube algorithms like you to actually do your content. But I do follow people that may only release a video once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, there is still like an audience for that. Oh yeah, and there's oh, people yeah. that are subscribed to me already. And I'd rather put out like a really, really, you know, a video that I'm proud of that I, you know, have something I really want to engage in the audience because most of my stuff is conversational. Most of my stuff is kind of ranty and I want to hear the feedback. This yep. isn't news. This isn't like, you know, what just pointless updates. You know, I'd, I would appreciate the community and appreciate the feedback and discussion that comes out of it. Right on. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. There is guys. I, I'm down for one more question. Cause I got to go to the bathroom. Hey, I'm <laughs> down to it. It's getting, <laughs> it's getting late. Yeah. It's the questions have been slow for so far. Sorry, sorry for anyone else. But, uh, one, I think we could all kind of do a round table answer on is, uh, what is your favorite type of homebrew? Not just game loaders. Mine is e-readers for books. That is super interesting. And I appreciate your comment because I've never heard someone say that in real mm-hmm. life, but I mean, I've seen the homebrew that exists for that kind of thing. So, um, I found out there's a comic reader apparently for the switch. Very cool. Yeah. Those are a lot of times some of the first to come. It's just mm-hmm. I have other devices, I guess, if I want to use that. Right. Um, I'll definitely say emulators, hands down. That's almost always the first thing I go to. I love a good thing. And I'm super happy with the Switch. And I said this at launch. That is the first thing that I really have seen, like the true console. That's just a sweet spot for me. And I, I you know, uh, I got Retro NX running on it, but I can't wait to load it up with every ROM I have. And you okay. really put it through its paces. Oh yeah, MVG. What about you? Yeah, emulators for sure. I mean, it's. I like other things, you know, uh, tools, utilities, uh, homebrew is cool. Just ports, software ports. But I'm the same. You know, if if there's a, a new a new system that's exploitable, the first thing I'm going to do is run an emulator on it. If there's not one available, I'm going to compile one up for myself and try it out. 
Simple as that. So I was even, my first thought was honestly emulators as well too, but I'm kind of classifying that honestly in game loaders. So my thing would be a little more general, but I'd have to say functionality. And the main system I'd point to with this would be the Vita. Like kind of, I I went on my kind of love note to it earlier and also on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, But it's more, we had this system where you had to use a lockdown content management system to transfer files to and from it. Um, there was just several other things as well, too, that weren't available, like, you know, the proprietary storage. So now at this point, you know, with custom firmware, you can now load a driver on there to completely replace your uh, memory card, the proprietary memory card, with just a standard micro SD card and a 2 or $3 adapter. Um, I've talked about, you know, the, the pain of having to do transfers and such. Um, so FTP is normally one of the first things that goes on to systems. But now, again, you can use Homebrew to actually transfer to and from using um, just, you know, just USB cable, hook it up to your computer. It pops up window in Windows and yep. you could just drag, drag and drop. I absolutely love that. I think adding in functionality that to me is common sense and should be there is my favorite thing of modifying systems uh on the switch like one thing i haven't utilized it because my my hack switch has nothing but checkpoint it, it's ridiculous we have no way of backing up our save so we can mm-hmm. do it if we mod yep. the system yep. so adding functionality that should be there or improving the system already is absolutely what i love yep and kind of going off of that because i guess yeah when i thought emulators i didn't really count game loading but uh, you know give you the benefit of the doubt or him the benefit of the doubt on that one. I think you you might be right or whatever. And I, I would say that my I mean, second opinion, favorite thing so. is, you know, either it's game save, uh, you know, or game backing up uh, for archival purposes and whatnot. I think that has been important for me over the years. And also I, I think even more than that, um, even if it's just for like the geeky side of things, being able to back up your entire like NAND or something like that, mm-hmm. doing these full system backups. You know, I have all these 3DS backups that I may never use, but it makes me feel really good having them. And I think it's really awesome that that's the kind of thing that, you know, protects me as a power user and doesn't really harm anyone else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No one losing out on that. That's really like empowering me. And I, 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 that's the kind of thing that I really get geeked out about. True that? Yep, absolutely. And dashboards as well, you know, a good dashboard yes. is is awesome. To that, and and really, it, it kind of covers what you guys said. If it has the, you know, the the backup capability, the NAND uh, flashing, and the 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 backups and the game loading stuff, having a good dashboard is like a like a Swiss Army knife of all these tools that you you know and love. Absolutely, yep. yeah. Agreed. Just uh, improve upon what was already there, depending on the system. Mm-hmm. There's one more question that uh, we should we should discuss, and it's from uh, Aaronus Click. How oh, bad God. do you want to go to the bathroom? I got to pee. All right, I got to pee. <laughs> bad I've been I, I've been drinking a lot of liquid. Right? I've been very well hydrated. Yeah, I put down this water. I was like, man, this is some tasty water. I put it down like first thirty minutes, and I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. The the nice the nice thing is though with the house here we have multiple bathrooms because like normally right. afterwards when we were in the apartment when I would finish we would have to. We, we never fought over it, but we no. had to decide over who would go to the bathroom you first. Usually, it usually worked out pretty well. One of us was always like, I got to go pretty bad. It's like, okay, you got this. But yeah, no, it, it was kind of a little bit of an event. I, in the December episode, I had to go during the show. We were going on so long. I was like, I got to pee now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Agreed. Much improvement. Nice much, software upgrade. Much in, Indeed. Indeed. 
Anyways, now that we're at the end of this, so MVG, again, thank you so much for coming on again. It's been a blast. And where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube. Look for Modern Vintage Gamer at on Twitter at Modern Vintage G and Facebook, Modern Vintage Gamer. Uh, just Google me. You'll find me. Right on. And all your links will be down below in the, or at least uh, YouTube and Twitter, I believe, will be down below in the description on the YouTube uh, upload here. It's been a pleasure, fellas. Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Definitely yeah. want to have Definitely. you back on again. Sure. We didn't scare you off the second time. Not at all, not at all. Every time we, I, I come back, it's it's a laundry list of, of Switch topics. So who knows what, what next time will, will be. <laughs> oh, yeah, I sure. wonder. Maybe hey, more Switch. We are the people that did... Wait, did we... Um, were, was this the first place where you showed Cannonball when you ported it? I did, yeah, exclusive. Okay, yeah, you, yeah, yeah we were breaking things on here. Breaking news. Like breaking news. That's yeah, right. none of that fake news shit. We need, no. like, a bumper for that. We do. <laughs> breaking news at this hour. <laughs> Oh man, Devin, how about you? Where can, where can people find you online? See, Twitter and YouTube, probably the best places these days. Links um, down below in the description. Yep, Paranoid Coder, uh, search for me. Uh, have a discussion on YouTube. Um, Going to be coming out with more stuff, probably more ranty stuff. I want to expand my video content at, at some point to some other, I've got some other ideas. But yeah, I like, a, like talking my head off a little bit, if you guys couldn't tell already. It's so, fun times. Yeah. It's fun times. And I myself, I mean, of course, you can find me Twitter, YouTube, everywhere else, Mr. Mario 2011. If you're watching here, I mean, you've already found me on here, and thank you so much. But yeah, this is the monthly podcast that we do. Uh, always a fun time. It's available on all major podcasting platforms, at least. And uh, if you want the audio-only copy. And then, you know, if you want to be here for the live video, fantastic. We normally do this near the middle of the month. We don't have a set date on there. Um, but of course, you know, the, the post live video is always up and available mm -hmm. as well too. Yep. So I think we're good on that. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. The, I don't know. We actually, Lily has not been sleeping. So the show did not put her to sleep. Yeah, thankfully she's been chilling. She Which gives is, us her space now. Like she isn't even like coming up into our grill. Like she's just like, you guys do your thing. I think we're just not interesting to her anymore. Probably. I was hoping for, <laughs> you know, just trying to be positive. Oh man. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. And until next month.